Ladies and gentlemen, we, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman Report for today. It is Friday, May 18th, 2018, and again, we are faced with another school shooting, mass shooting event, this time in Santa Fe, Texas, obviously, um, unless you've been living under a rock, you're aware of this. Um, with us to talk about this is Keith Hansen. Keith Hansen, of course, a uh, talk show host and a, and a legend in his own right up in uh, the New England states. Keith Hansen, WNTK.com, is with us. Uh, we're tapping him, into him, his expertise, his analysis, and, uh, and really what can we expect with respect to the blowback on this that we haven't already seen, of course, everyone calling for more gun control. Keith, welcome back to the program. Thanks for joining us. Doug, thanks so much for, for having me again. Just, uh, boy, not even 24 hours ago. Uh, I know. The program and, uh, and, and, and back here again. And uh, certainly not something that was planned. Uh, but, um, yeah, boy, what a, what, a, what a situation that's unfolding. What, you know, I, uh, call me skeptical, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. We, we, we see the, this, uh, Russian collusion narrative crumbling. We see a lot of stuff happening there. And, it, it, you know, look, I'm not into conspiracy. I'm into conspiracy reality, but it's just so bizarre. It almost seems like almost on cue. We've got some sort of, uh, event taking, taking away from the headlines, the, the disparaging headlines of, of the, uh, yeah. You know, progressive uh, Marxist socialist. But, but that aside, talk to us about what happened down in Santa Fe. Well, it was uh, interesting. I was actually on my my radio show this morning. Um, I had Emily Taylor, who is a program attorney for the U.S. Law Shield program. Um, interestingly enough, just a couple of nights ago, was having actually I think it was last night, as a matter of fact. Um, we, uh, your producer, who was filling in for you, John Robertson, had asked right. me about these different uh, insurance programs um, that uh, you know for for law-abiding gun owners, and I had mentioned U.S. Law Shield. Well, I had uh, one of the program attorneys on for uh, U.S. Law Shield this morning who just happened to be about three miles away from the high school. Um, so I actually had word of this uh, before anybody broke the news uh, this morning. I mean, before it was even, I mean, when, when she had told me, she said, we've got a, a, a situation that's unfolding about three miles away from me. Uh, and, of course, I'm scanning all of the, the majors, you know, CNN, Fox, um, all the drive-bys, including Drudge. And uh, nothing was up. And then about 25 minutes uh, after I had that conversation with Emily, that's when I got the first breaking news uh, feed on Twitter about the situation. You know, I, I'm exhausted because this is all I've been doing is watching this and following this. And uh, you know, in in uh, not so much as a as a as a, a talk show personality, um, but also as a, as a as a federal active shooter response and tactical counterterrorism instructor, I'm looking at this and saying, okay. You know what's happening, what's unfolding, what's different about this. What are we going to? What do we know already that's going to help us to to, to change our training protocols? And uh, so that's that's kind of the angle that I'm looking at it at. And I got to be honest with you, I, you know, I, again, I'm getting to the point, Doug, where I don't even want to have a conversation with anybody who wants to approach me about this air fingers quote 
common sense gun reform. I am fed up with the narrative. I am fed up with the politicization of these tragedies. I am fed up with Democrats and progressives and whining snowflake progressive liberals standing on the bodies of dead children screaming for more and more and more gun control when they refuse to look at the situation that's causing this problem. And it's not guns. You know, yesterday I was talking on this program. I'm sorry, but I'm, just, I'm fired up because I'm fed no, up with this. Go, go, go for it, man. Don't hold back because you're echoing my sentiments, our sentiments. Go for it. And, and, and Everybody's just, just talking do about it. it's the guns, it's the guns, it's the guns. You want to know why this keeps happening? It's because as soon as we find out the name of this kid, it's splashed all over media. His picture, his mugshot, his name, everything about him. That's one of the reasons why I subscribe to the don't name them concept. It's a, it's, it's actually a, a movement within the media. Stop giving these people notoriety because every single loser out there who wants his 15 minutes of fame figures this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go shoot up my school. I'm going to go blow my school up. I'm going to commit these mass casualties. It's, it's absolutely beyond ridiculous. Yesterday we were talking about Debbie Wasserman Schultz coming out 24 hours prior saying how the NRA was almost a terrorist organization. You know who the terrorist organization in this country is? It's the goddamn National Education Association. It's the teachers' unions that refuse to allow anybody to have a common-sense discussion about what's actually going to stop these problems in this country. Arm the damn teachers. Give people the ability to defend themselves and the kids that they're, that they're, that they're teaching, that they're taking care of. I am so beyond fed up with this, with this, this, this anti-gun movement in this country. I'm just, on my own problem, I'm not gonna have the conversation, on my own pro uh, radio show, not gonna have the conversation anymore. You wanna have a conversation with me about air fingers, quote, common sense gun control? Go get bent. That's it. Consent. Bite me. Yeah, I'm there. I'm right there with you. And, and you know what? The average American, I believe, is totally fed up with these, these limousine liberals, lobotomized liberals, progressive democratic socialists who want to push gun control. Gun control is a flipping myth. You know, I, I'm fed up too, man. You know, you, you and I, let's go, let's go. I'm going to pick you up. Let's go brawl somewhere. Let's see. <laughs> let's, head, let's head on down to the DNC. That, that's, the, that's the first place we can start. No, it's, it's, it's more and more. Shannon Watts is out there, and, and the attacks against Dana Loesch because she's a spokesperson for the NRA. I'm going through Twitter, and I'm looking at the rhetoric. I'm looking at the vitriol. I'm looking at the hyperbole. You know, it, it, it's, it's, these, these people are, are beyond deranged. And common sense it, it's lost on them. You're not going to have a, a discussion with these people. They don't want to have a discussion. They despise you. If you own a gun, if you're a conservative, if you love this country, if you love God, if you have an American flag on your property or on your vehicle or, or anywhere, these people despise you. They hate this country. They hate God. They hate the family. They hate traditional family values. They hate everything about you as an American, as a patriot, as a conservative, as a Republican. They're not interested in having a conversation with you. No. And the no, reason no. why they want guns is because they hate you. They hate the people that own these things. Hey, I, I, look, the gun control is a myth. Gun control works. Uh, you know, we, we've seen the results of gun control. Hitler, uh, Mao, Stalin, Pol Pot, the whole, you know, and, and you're right. The hatred by the left, by the democratic socialists, it, 
the hatred of America, the hatred of the family. Mm-hmm. We, 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 when we have a, go ahead. When, when did that start? I mean, you guys both both said that uh, that we the problem is not the guns. When you were in school, Obviously you not. tell me that. No, what? No, there used to be guns when. In, in people's uh, trucks. And- yeah, yeah. It's Keith. I mean, look, I'm 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 older than you, obviously, but but yeah. When, when I went to school, um, there were guns everywhere mm-hmm. in pickup trucks. Okay, I mean, no one ever thought about shooting up a school. What the heck happened? What's what changed from from that time period to today, where these these morons have got to go in there and and shoot up a school and kill kids? What's changed? Well, I, I think of one, you know, I, I came out and I said, the National Education Association is a terrorist organization. And I stand behind that statement. And here's why. Right now, and I think about a week or two ago, um, and, and thanks, by the way, for letting me get that off my chest. I really no, man. You, do that. Yeah, and you, you can go for round <laughs> uh, two and three, man. We're ready for it. Um, you know, we've been talking about this, this restorative justice concept. Just today, I, I had a conversation with a, with, a, with a state representative here in New Hampshire who was at a school where the restorative justice uh, you know, concept of philosophy, practices, whatever you want to call it, was, was, was put into play. There were two girls that had a fight. Um, this one girl had her hair pulled, and then about a half an hour later, she had the hot soup that was thrown on her in the cafeteria. The response from the school was to take these two kids and put them together, unsupervised in a room, so that way there we could have, you know, the conversation between the victim and, and the perpetrator. And this kid was, was crying. She was sobbing. Because why, why on earth would you take a child who's just been victimized by a bully and put them in a room so that way there they can sit around and have a kumbaya feeling circle? Restorative justice does one thing. It says to the victim, you know what, this really isn't a big deal. And it says to the perpetrator, hey, you know what, this isn't a really big deal. The Parkland shooter, the Promise Program. The Promise Program that listed 13 crimes that if a student committed would not, they had a guarantee that they would not be introduced to the criminal justice system. Because the criminal justice system is, well, it's too unfair. Oh, we don't want kids to have a criminal record when they're teenagers that are going to follow them throughout life. And what happened? As a result of that, all, all of the reportable instances against the Parkland shooter went basically ignored until what happens? He winds up shooting up a school. You have all of these kids who, the, the, the teachers are powerless to do anything. There are, there are, are, are physical assaults that go on in public schools. There are, there are instances of bullying that, that, that just, they're swept under the carpet. Yeah, no wonder these kids are snapping. No wonder these kids are going crazy. Because look at what they're immersed in. Seven hours a day, eight hours a day. All of this nonstop BS rhetoric that, oh, we have to love one another. And if you're white and you're middle class, well, you're inherently racist and you don't even know any of this stuff. Oh, and by the way, the Republicans are evil because they're killing people en masse. And, and all of this rhetoric that these kids are getting. Not to mention that you've got an army of children out there that are being medicated with anti-anxiety and antidepressant drugs. The SSRIs, which again, 96% just happen to be 96% of the people who have shot up Schools just happen to have a history of SSRIs, extensive histories of being medicated with SSRIs. So you ask me, why wasn't this prevalent 30 years ago? Because the schools weren't as completely effed up as they are today. And kids weren't medicated 30 years ago the way they are today. And the family wasn't being disintegrated the way it is today. And faith wasn't under assault the way it is today. And family values aren't under assault the way they are today. 
You want to know why? That's why. Because our society is eroding. There is no morals, there is no values, and the people that are air fingers, quote, in charge, what do they demonstrate? Hatred, vitriol, moral bankruptcy. Amen. And of course, you've got the you got the abortion, uh, mm-hmm. the, the infant murder. Hey, it's okay to murder an infant. It's all right. Of course, you, you know it, it just blows my mind that the very people who are pro-choice, which is to say pro-infant murder, unborn inf- uh, unborn child murder, uh, are the same ones as saying take the guns away. We we, we care about the children. You know, they, they they don't care about the children. They, they don't care about human life. And so we see this 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 absolute crazy dynamic. Uh, uh, convoluted dynamic taking place, and you're right, man. Uh, exactly. Where, where do you see this going, Keith? I mean, look, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I got to tell you, I don't see this ending well. I do see this, uh, and pardon the expression, this. Well, we got to talk about co- uh, you know uh, common sense gun reform. I see that coming out, and it's mm-hmm. not going to be. It's not going to end well. I don't think. Well, Joe, you and I just talked about it last night with John. Um, Definitely during the midterms and certainly during the 2020 presidential cycle, you are going to see the progressive Democrats. Remember, the the, the Democrat Party has been co-opted. That the the, the old blood, the median age right now in in, in the House of Representatives and in Congress is, is 76. As these people start to age out, as they start to die out, as they start to get replaced, what you're being replaced with, what the Democrat Party is being replaced with, is the new wave of, of, of hardcore socialist, Marxist, progressive, that is not the, 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 your typical Democrat. And they're going to come out and they're going to say exactly what's, what's on their mind. Look at what just happened in Boulder, Colorado. That's what they want. And again, it's not about guns. It's about making sure that the people they don't like don't have guns. Because, again, if you don't like me, well, that's great. If you've got a problem with me, you can come and me and my Glock 17 will have a discussion about it. But if I'm disarmed, well, suddenly now you can do whatever it is that you want to do. I'm at your mercy. I will never, ever, ever surrender my firearms. You make me a criminal, it's going to be a bad day. But I will never surrender my firearms. And, and this folks coming from Keith Hansen, a law, uh, federal law enforcement uh, commissioned officer and trainer, you know. Nope, so, no, 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 correction. I, I'm not a federal law enforcement officer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please don't. I'm sorry. No. Federal. <laughs> give me your title so I don't screw it up. Um, well, as of as of now, because I'm not active in law enforcement now, I am a federal instructor. So I train federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies, and I'm certified federally in five different federally recognized active shooter response instructor disciplines and three counterterrorism disciplines. The, the point is, of course, it, here's a gentleman, Keith Hansen, knows what he's talking about when it comes to firearms, when it comes to firearms training, and when it comes to r- the real issues about guns and weapons and uh, ownership in the Second Amendment. It, you know, it seems like the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, it's under assault right now, and, and you, you take away one, you, you, you can't have the other. Either one, I mean, they're, they're tied at the hip. Uh, Keith, I'm as frustrated as you are. You know, I can't even see straight right now. I can't even think straight. I can't even formulate coherent sentences, not that I could to be Begin, to begin with, but um, again, I just don't see this this working out well. And, and I agree. Well, we see. now what happens is, you know, now the I mean, the, the the crime scene hasn't even been processed yet. Right. Families haven't even been reunited with their children yet, and already you've got the political operatives that are swooping in there to find who is going to be the next perfect mouthpiece for them. 
Yep. Because this is another, it's another, in, in the, in the infamous words of Rahm Emanuel, never let a crisis go to waste. A crisis is an opportunity to do things that you couldn't normally do. And what better opportunity than to get the assault on the Second Amendment on the forefront of every single discussion than a school shooting? It's a perfect opportunity. They wait for it, and the moment, the moment that they get an inkling that something is happening, they mobilize, they're in position, and they exploit because they have to exploit because cultural warfare is the lifeblood of the progressive Democrat movement of today. And there is nothing better than dead children to commoditize and monetize. And they do it. Political capital and physical currency, they monetize it. You're speaking just like Ted Nugent was on InfoWars today talking with Alex, and he was saying the same thing, basically. The policies of the left almost always allow these events to take place. And there it is, right there. So, Joe, yeah. I, yeah what, Keith, well, you're, you're making a great point here. One of my favorite media analyst website is uh, Newsbusters Media Research Center and on, under the, on their website under the latest I'm going to read five headlines uh, or four headlines here Acosta bemoans Trump has backed away from substantial gun control Jimmy Kimball our president is a lunatic and we're all going to die Univision anchor charges Trump with dehumanizing all immigrants and on and on and on the, the last one I'll read liberal uh, libs Trump defending defunding abortion factory Planned Parenthood is unsafe and you're right. You know, you see the the headlines in there uh, talking about gun control, talking about how crazy uh, the president is for not wanting to even discuss that. And then there's other headlines up there, you know, on the NRA. But it's an example because never before in history has the media been, I mean, not in history, at least in America, has the media been on the side and pushing this agenda that is anti-American. They are on that same liberal mindset. They're locked in. Of, okay, speaking of liberal mindset, Keith, look, look, at, look at the media. The media, in my view, has got blood on their hands. A guy walks into the Trump uh, mm-hmm. Gulf Resort in Florida, opens mm-hmm. fire, spewing about the President of the United States, and, and okay, so, so that... It just again not a not a not a lot of conversation about that though, huh? Hey, you know no. what? The other thing that there wasn't a lot of conversation about there wasn't a lot of conversation about that that Dixon High School in yeah. Illinois where the school resource officer stopped the carnage. He stopped the killing because he was in a position and equipped with the right piece of equipment to be able to neutralize an aggressive deadly threat. Now, well, we could talk about that, but oh no 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 no. We need we need gun control. Because, the, because what we need to do to stop all of these killings is to make sure that people don't have access to guns. Well, the kid who was 17 years old who shot that school up today was not a lawful gun owner. They were his father's firearms. Oh, and by right. the way, it was also a shotgun and a 38 caliber revolver. So when are we going to start hearing the term assault revolver? When are we going to start hearing the term assault shotgun? When are those going to start? You know what? You know, those, those, those dangerous six shooters, uh, that's, that's a high capacity cylinder right there. I think we better find some legislation to be able to reduce the cylinder capacity of revolvers from, uh, you know, from six down to three because, you know, clearly with a revolver, those are, those are, those are highly, highly deadly weapons of war. And, uh, you know, we got to ban those too. This, also, this, this is the insidiousness of this. And you and I, we, we, we've gone back and forth on this show. We played yeah. the game. We've talked about the, you know, the, the, if, if we took the exact same concepts with firearms and applied them to freedom of speech or and, and anything else, how absolutely ludicrous it is. And we've illustrated that time and time again. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up Kimmel because I'm sure tonight on his pathetic, miserable program, he'll be shedding the crocodile tears. Mark my words, he will be shedding crocodile tears on that program today. This is the same guy who stands up, who's the moral authority, 
but yet this is the same guy who built his career on the man show where he would approach women on the street in Los Angeles having them try to guess what he had in his crotch and oh put your mouth on it maybe that will help he talks yeah. about his children how important his children are well how do you think it feels if you were a father watching your your, your daughter out on the street being approached by this guy being told well go ahead and put your mouth on it so you can figure out what I've got in my pants this, this is this is the left's idea of, of 100% absolute moral authority. <sighs> I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm done. I'm you know no, I am too. And 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 it's my and it's my job, so I have to keep talking about it. But in my head, I'm done. I'm done. And it's just getting to the point now where it's really, really, really hard to have these conversations and toe the line with the FCC. Because I'm just, you know, you, you reach the point where you're you're just at maximum overflow, and I'm kind of at that point with the stupidity and the rhetoric. And every single time something like this happens, it's over and over and over and over. But that's the game. That's the model. That's the modus operandi of the progressives. Ever since the Fabian socialists, you win the race slow and steady. Time and pressure converts all. That's the mentality, and that's what they're on. Oh, we'll just wear them down. There it is. Keith Hansen, WNTK.com. Uh, Keith, Keith, uh, uh, Keith Hansen is perhaps one of the most foremost, in my view, one of the most foremost experts on, on the matters in which he's talking about today. He might not uh, describe it. Those are my words, by the way, at real Keith Hansen on Twitter. Uh, yeah, but th- th- that's my view, and, and we invited him on to talk specifically about this, and, and we've both, we, him and I both have reached the point, you know, enough is enough. I'm done. I just, what more can you say? You know what, Keith? We can sit here and we can analyze this, because I think you know that's what a lot of people want. Well, what's your analysis? And what's your what's right. my analysis? You got a you got a, a a bat poop crazy kid who went and shot his school up. You know, and, and here's the other thing. This is not this was not spontaneous. You know, the the Columbine shooting in 1999 that was planned for approximately 13 months. One of the questions that I've always asked is, where were the parents? If you have a child, and I'm going to speak directly to your listeners right now, the same way that I did to my my listeners after the the Parkland shooting. If you have a child that when they come home, they go into their room, they shut the door, and that's how you exist as a family unit, you're failing your children. Take that damn door off the hinges. You need to know what your kids are up to. You need to know what your children are doing. And this concept, if you go through your child's room and your your child retorts with a, well, you know, I have an expectation of privacy. No, you don't. Because you live in my house and I'm your parent. And I have a right to know what's going on. And for the love of God, would parents start parenting? Thank you. Would you start figuring out? You know, this kid wasn't building pressure cooker bombs and pipe bombs and getting a... a, 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 Why why is it that he managed to get a hold of dad's weapons, first of all? Why weren't dad's weapons secured, number one? And number two, why didn't dad notice that his firearms were missing? Yeah. How is it that this kid was able to plan this out? Because this isn't something that happened overnight. This wasn't three or four days of planning. This is something that took time. This was methodical. It was calculated. So where were the parents? Don't give me this excuse of, well, you know, I mean, you know, I got, I got to work and I got to do all that. Great. Then wear a condom. Use an IUD. Don't have children if you don't have the responsibility to parent those kids. Because Amen. guess what? Your offspring are now creating these situations for other people's offspring. And I, for one, say, throw the book at the parents. Hold those parents accountable. And send a message for every other parent out there that if you produce a child and birth it into this world, you're responsible for it. 
I think we're at the point, uh, both Keith Hansen and myself, where, you know, network, I'm, I'm fed up, I'm not gonna, sick and tired, I'm not gonna take this anymore. I, I think that's where that, that, that's a feeling, a mutual feeling of both Keith Hansen and myself. Joe, you, why don't you? Well, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so frustrating to sit here day after day and talk about these things and watch them unfold and, and Well, no, you know. it's, it's sick of the response, the, the liberal progressive yeah, well, and, response. It's, it's, out there. it's, uh, the whole thing is just, uh, ridiculous time and time again, and I'm just, you know, as you, Keith, I want to know when, these uh the school people when, when everybody's going to wise up and understand that you know you have to get teachers to carry you have to have that extra layer of security i mean there's things that there's practical things that can be done to prevent these uh, things from happening but the people are not ready to take the steps I, to do so. I, I know we're getting i know we're getting short on time but i want to share with you just a couple of thoughts that i have on this number one this is texas and as the saying goes don't mess with texas i would not be surprised if you see texas arming their teachers uh, I mean, I mean, and, and, and doing some, some type of formal program where these, these teachers are armed. And they're trained. I, I'm not saying just go out and, you know, just tra- train them. Train them. You know, after 9-11, and a lot of people don't realize this, um, you know, we started putting guns on planes. And, of course, the common response to that is, well, of course, we have the air marshals. Right, but we're not talking about the air marshals. We're talking about the Federal Flight Deck Officer Program. We're talking about pilots who voluntarily stepped up and said, hey, listen, I want to be a part of, of, of this, uh, you know, of this, this, this critical program where the, the, the pilots then go to the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Artesia, New Mexico. They're put through an intensive two-week training program, given an extensive psychological screen, and then become, in essence, limited power deputy United States marshals when they are on board that plane. They are certified and qualified to carry a firearm. They carry that firearm on that plane. When they get onto that plane, they lock themselves in the cockpit. Sometimes those guns are put into lock boxes. Other times, depending on what the, the certifications and the background of the pilot are, they're permitted to carry those firearms on them. Either way, there are guns in that cockpit. And the purpose of having those guns in that cockpit is in the event that somebody breaches that cockpit and ter- tries to turn that plane into a missile. If we can do that with pilots, and most people are unaware of the FFTO program, if we can do that with pilots, then why can't we do that in schools? If we can do that on commercial aircraft, we can certainly do that in schools. You know why we don't do that in schools? It's because of the damn teachers' unions and the National Education Association who fuzzy pink bunny this thing to death and think that prayer circles and kumbaya sessions and gun control are going to legislate evil out of the hearts of degenerate evil people. It's never going to happen. So keep sticking in your the head in the sand, keep going back to the same tired rhetoric, and we're going to see the same thing happening over and over and over and over again. Keith Hansen, spoken the truth, obviously. Keith, you know what? If, if we live closer, I'd, I'd be over with a, uh, I don't know, a pot of coffee or something, but uh, that's what we need, right? <laughs> great segue. I'm exhausted. I, I'm yeah, exhausted. Great really. But, um, but we, uh, we may be doing some stuff uh, together this summer in a couple of different cities, from what I understand. I'm going to leave that as a teaser. So. Oh, okay. That's good news. Yeah. All right. Keith, you're the man. God bless you, my friend. God bless uh, you guys. At Real Keith Hansen on Twitter. Follow him, folks. And uh, WNTK.com. Going to right back. Network break. Thank you. 
text got his uh, got his hand on the red button there, the seven second delay. If you can uh, only hear what goes on behind the scenes, you know. Let me tell you something. All right, I, look, I, I I see some of the comments in there. Uh, look, I understand. I I understand. I completely understand. We cannot win this in the carnal. Yeah, we can. The prayer and fighting does not have to be mutually freaking excu- exclusive. You can pray and you can fight. Mm-hmm. You can do both at the same flipping time. Tell me where you can't do that. So, okay, if you say, nope, it's just me, I, I, I'm just going to pray, then go pray. But don't tell me I can't take a firearm and defend my family. I can't fight this war. Don't tell me that. Some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. All right. All right. Now, I'm sorry. That was about a snapshot, I'm, I'm, right? I'm sorry to, to, what to happened? our guest, our next guest, Patrick Wood is perhaps one of the finest men I know. Yeah. Red Pill Expo's coming up. Yeah, it is, and that's, uh, we're gonna talk about that, and we're gonna talk about social engineering and what Google is doing with, uh, some of their, uh, new technology and their new ideas. With that, we have, uh, best-selling author Patrick Wood. He is the author of Technocracy Rising, the Trojan Horse of Global Transformation, also an expert on the 2030 agenda. Patrick, welcome back to the Hagman Report. Hey guys, good to be back. Uh, sorry, my audio quality is not quite what it should be, but I'm on a remote location today. Well, that's all right. You're a busy guy. We know that. And you've got a fantastic event coming up, Red Pill Expo. Folks, if you haven't done so already, get your uh, lineup, get, get, get there. Uh, and if you can't get there physically, certainly live stream it, Patrick. Uh, uh, Patrick, thank you for Absolutely. doing whatever you do. Um, yeah, I, I apologize. Uh, you know, hopefully I didn't blow your ears out. But uh, we were talking about, of course, the uh, shooting in the, in the yeah. Uh, Texas, and, and then of course you know the emotions, the, 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 politi- the political aspect of this is just beyond belief. But anyway, we brought you in here, uh, asked you to ask you, and you're so gracious with your time to come by, uh, take time out of your busy schedule uh, to talk about uh, censorship. You know, we're getting hit uh, not, uh, six ways a Sunday from about censorship, and uh, you, you bet. You know, so I, should, so I should mention, yeah, I should mention first we got one of our speakers uh, this coming. Uh, to speak at Red Pill Expo as an expert on psychotropic drugs. And uh, she's going to address the issue or the relationship between psychotropic drugs and school shootings. It's going to be a blockbuster presentation. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things we were talking about, the links to the SSRI drugs with so many of these uh, people who carry out these attacks, and it's uh, definitely there, there is link a link there, and we are asking why we are seeing such an increase in these things where 30 years ago they'd never happened. And one of the things that has changed, aside from taking God out of the schools, is the, as Keith said last half hour, the over-medication of children, and uh, these things yeah. are definitely linked. They are, they are. and uh, we need a we need a good whistleblower on this. Uh, somebody. You know, coming out of the establishment to, you know, to really expose what uh, what these people have done. But there is a link, and this, I think we can put it right at the feet of Big Pharma. You know, I'm, I'm not a big believer in, uh, you know, psy war and stuff like that. They're putting people up to this. I think I think the Big Pharma has just saturated our young population 
with uh, with all these drugs and stuff. They don't know how to think anymore. They go their 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 minds are scrambled by these drugs. And uh, when you get it, when you end up with no hope, you end, you know your your life turns black. Your 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 you know your eyes uh, turn dim, if you will, to the rest of the world. That's what you do. You start hurting people. And uh, yeah, it needs to be exposed. And it needs to be stopped. Parents have a big responsibility here too, by the way, as you know. But, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, so much for that. <laughs> Yeah, that's not, why, that's not what we're talking about. But I, I, I have a soft spot for this thing too. So yeah, yeah, I think we all do. Uh, Patrick Wood, tech, uh, tech, yeah, technocracy dot news. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, technocracy dot news is the website. Red Pill Expo, of course, the event coming up. And thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, all right, we've noticed obviously the censorship uh, aspect. Uh, we start we start exposing issues, uh, yeah. information, and, and all of a sudden now we we are screaming in the dark. We're we're <laughs> in an echo chamber. We're regulated to the basement and, 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 of yeah. Social media and you patrick wood have been the really at the forefront of exposing this and really warning about this since day one what are we seeing happen today what's can you make sense out of this well yeah actually uh can make perfect sense out of it if you understand what technocracy is all about where it came from and how we got to where we are it's very easily understandable and i will I will say that whatever we say today, uh, if somebody's listening to this and they're saying, oh, yeah, technocracy, I get that. If you haven't read Technocracy Rising, you don't get it. I'm sorry. I can't put it any other way. It will connect the dots for you in ways maybe you've never seen before in your life, but the dots need to be connected so that you can understand what and who we are struggling against, who we're fighting against. We'll never win any war against an unknown enemy that is impossible cannot be done so you know we're revealing who really is you know behind this this technocracy system and often that takes us to places like google and facebook because they are the technological giants they're the equivalent of big pharma to the information age <laughs> right yeah and they are getting so powerful especially in Google's case, that they're having visions of grandeur that they can control the entire planet. And that's, in, yeah, that, that is... Uh, in, when I say visions of grandeur, I'm talking about megalomaniac technocrats who have a view of the world that suits them, but it's not the view anybody else has. It's a very narrow group of people who run these technological giants like Facebook and like Google. And they think their worldview, their worldview, is the only worldview that is appropriate for anyone. And they are in process of engineering society throughout the world to mold and bend to this idea that they have that everything, what everything should be like. And the thing that re this really documents this, and I encourage people to go to the article that I, that I wrote, posted on, on technocracy.news, called Technocracy at Google, How Personal Data Enables Total Social Engineering. There's a video in there. The video, it's a, it's a nine-minute video. It was leaked 
from Google itself. It was an internal confidential video that has circulated around Google. Somebody popped it out. You know, I'm glad somebody was there that said, nope, the world needs to see this. This video has been released. In, in my opinion, this video is as big of a news story as Edward Snowden when he exited the NSA with half of their stuff. <laughs> yeah. This is a huge story because it reveals the hidden intent, if you will, of Google to manipulate and control society completely through data. The name of the video that was leaked is called The Secret Ledger. It's like, what? The Secret Ledger. It's twisted. You have to listen to it to understand. I can't even begin to explain it on the on the radio. Patrick, <laughs> maybe, you is it the, play it. maybe you could play it later. Is it the Selfish Ledger or the Secret Ledger? I'm sorry, the Selfish Ledger. I, okay. Got my asses mixed up. The selfish ledger. <laughs> no, maybe you could play that for your audience after we're done here. Or something. It's, it's got to hear this. You just got to see it. It's unbelievable. This is exactly what I've been hopping up and down about technocracy for years now, and this is exactly what I have been saying that these. This is the mindset of these people. They're megalomaniac crazies. That's all I can say. And. If we allow them to continue, I don't know how we're going to stop them either, but if we allow them to continue in the, in the direction they're going now, we are in such big trouble we can't even express it. Patrick, this let me is, ask you this. This is where scientific dictatorship is headed. Okay, and you're exactly right. But let me ask you this. Some people might ask, how can I be controlled by data? Well, How can our actions, the, you know, behavior be? That's right. When, when, when people, when companies like Google collect so much data on you, they build a personal profile for you where all of your data is stored. All of your, uh, your online transactions that they can get their hands on, all of your psychographic things that come from the postings that you do on social media, um, all of the, uh, you know, the government stuff that they can suck out of the government that has to do with your personal profile. They can find out where you live, what your tastes are, what kind of car you drive, you know, what, what kind of stuff you buy, you know, do you subscribe to Netflix or, you know, Kuroko or something else. Um, they can get more information on you than you know exists about you. And when they put that all in one nice little packet and begin to analyze it with their super fancy artificial intelligence, they start making assumptions and predictions about your behavior. And that's where it gets dicey because, and I've said many times, this is about this is about production and consumption, economics. It's not about politics as much. But when they learn what, you're, what you are all about, they will begin to market to you and nudge you in certain directions that you don't even know you're being nudged. This is happening every day to people. I'll give you an example. You're sitting in your living room talking. Maybe you've got a Samsung TV, and you're sitting there, and somebody mentions something about, uh, say, um, the Sony PlayStation. And then they go over to their computer later that afternoon or evening, and they fire up their computer, and they're browsing a website, and all of a sudden an ad comes up for Sony PlayStation. You go, 
how'd that come up? I was just, uh, we were just talking about that out in the living room. <laughs> this happens, yeah. folks. I, some it, of you are nodding your head. Yeah, that's happened yeah, to me. I, I've seen this happen to myself. I, yeah. I, I mentioned a pro, seriously, I was in a room with a smartphone. I mentioned a product I've never mentioned mm-hmm. before or since. And within minutes, I was at, uh, went to my computer, my laptop, and an ad came up for yep. that product. There's examples of this all over YouTube of people doing this and documenting it. And I've even had it happen to me even just recently. And it's so annoying <laughs> to see because you, you just, it's you creepy. know. It's creepy. Yeah. yeah. That's right. It, it is totally creepy. Well, see, this is, this is predictive, uh, predictive marketing, if you will. But it's, I'll tell you what. You listen to this video that I'm talking about here, this uh this um, selfish ledger video, you'll understand what I think what the whole object of this game is. And making predictions about your behavior goes far, far beyond just what you're going to buy and sell. It goes on with what you're going to do, where you're going to go, who you're going to see. Um, have you ever been on Facebook? A good example on Facebook. Every once in a while on Facebook, you get this notice comes up, people you may know. You're not friends with them, but it presents a list to you. People you may know. And you so you think you look down the list and you run across somebody that maybe was a, a childhood classmate or something, and you go, holy mackerel, how'd they connect me with that guy? To think I might know him. I mean, well, for all I know, it could be Ted Kaczynski from, you know, from within <laughs> prison. But, you know, it's like, where do they get this list of suggested people that you may want to connect with, you see? And you look at that list, you'll get creeped out many times of people that show up. And maybe you just joined Facebook last week you know, for the very first time, and you get this, this list of people you may know, and all of a sudden it seems like they know all about you, and you're a brand-new member of Facebook. Guess what? They do know all about you. They've collected data and bought data from other companies. And they were waiting for you before you even signed up. Yeah. This is this is so freaky, guys. This is the heartbeat of technocracy. I, I just if people people using that word more and more now, for sure. Yes. In society and journalism and stuff, and which is great. Most people using it, they don't really have a clue still what it means. But what technocracy was defined as way back in the 1930s, this is not new, folks, been around for a long time. It was defined in their own magazine as the science of social engineering, the scientific operation of the entire social mechanism to produce and distribute goods and services to the entire population. That's it. It's exactly what Google is talking about today. That's exactly what Facebook is talking about the science of social engineering, and this this video, the leaked video, um, is exactly about social engineering. And there are no holes barred on this. They say it flat out. This is the way it's going, guys. <laughs> yeah, We're and, going and to control society. Every action, every behavior. We're going to control everybody. Patrick, I want to ask you this. We see. Uh, we've seen great advances in the AI, artificial intelligence, uh, and we see are these are being applied to different things from robots to, uh, I saw an example the other day, I'm sure many people saw, of a uh, call of scheduling a, a haircut. This is an artificial yeah. intelligence program that made a phone call 
and scheduled a haircut for uh, you know somebody. But how is this going? How is the artificial intelligence going to increase this technocracy? Well, it is technocracy, and I, you know, the lead, one of the leading technocrat scholars in the world is Dr. Prakana from Singapore. He made it really clear in one of his books that about globalism, because he's a globalist and he's, you know, he's really hot on globalization, and he's a technocrat. He wrote a book called Technocracy in America, by the way. He's clearly a technocrat, and he pointed out in one of his books that they're building the system, the global system without a global leader. This is purposeful, intentional. They're building the global system without a global leader. And he goes on to say and conclude that the system itself is globalization. In other words, they're building a system to control people with AI. Mm It's not a dictator. They're not looking for a dictator. They're not looking for, you know, well, we might talk in terms of Antichrist later, but they're not looking for an Antichrist right now, for sure, to run the system. But they're building it without a global leader, and, that you know, that's that's the whole heartbeat right now of AI. Google is, a, is the leader, global leader right now in artificial intelligence. Facebook is right behind them. And there's other companies that are, you know, pretty high up on the list, too. China is really big on AI right now, too. But AI is being applied in every conceivable place that you can imagine. And according to Google's own leaked memo here, AI is the only thing that can run what, they're, what, they're, what they want to do, what they're trying to do. You've got to take the data. You have to analyze it. You have, and it's, we're talking about massive computing power, by the way. And uh, you have to analyze that data and then spit it back to the user in such a way that he never knows that he's been analyzed and sliced and diced. It needs to be that natural. And it is already that natural. Most people have no clue how they're being manipulated and nudged right now. Yeah, and uh, your article, the article that I'm reading here on The Verge, talks about in, in detail how Google and all the existing services that they have are used both to... Uh, gather the information and your your habits, but all the they, they say this the trend with all these services has been geared toward greater inquisitiveness and assertiveness on Google's part. Even email compositions are being automated in Gmail, but and they're talking about these AI technologies and this level of control. And, and I think you, you you just referenced it with the uh, biblical aspect and biblical side of things. We know that in prophecy there is a system. Uh, that is in place, and it's a global system, and, and pretty much nobody can es- escape it. And what you're talking about, what's being built, uh, maybe it might take five years, maybe it might take a hundred years, and maybe not a hundred at the rate they're going. But this is very likely, or could be, what this the scriptures talk about. Well, I, I think very likely it is. I think I think Christians have a good reason to dive back into Bible prophecy with uh, with their whole heart, honestly. And uh, start, you know, getting getting back investigating these things and and the, and the light of what the Bible says. Um, and it doesn't mean, you know, we don't have to claim dogmatically that this is it. But I'll tell you what, there are so many parallels and so many, uh, <laughs> you know, coincidences, wink, 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 wink <laughs> that you can't, you yep. just can't miss it. You just can't miss it. And I want to, you know, I would point out that the the coming Antichrist, and where the Bible doesn't tell us to look for Antichrist, it tells us to look for Jesus Christ. But nevertheless, let's just role play for just a second. 
when the Antichrist comes on the scene, the phrase that's really used for him is called pseudo-Christ. It's not that he's against, he is against Christ, but it's pseudo-Christ. He presents himself as Jesus Christ, meaning that he wants everybody to believe he's the Messiah, he's the Savior. Well, he's not, omni he's not omniscient, he's not omnipresent, so he can't go around the whole world worrying about what you and I or anybody else is here. We will be here, maybe, but, you know, other people can't possibly go around the whole world and know what's going on and, and give orders and dictates and stuff like a dictator would. He needs to have a system that will do it all for him. Even as he goes into the temple in the midway through the tribulation period to declare himself to be God and demand that everybody worship him, in order to do those things, he's very, very narrowly focused on himself, you know, being God, if you will, demanding the whole world worship him. Meanwhile, the system continues to run to make sure people do that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's unmistakable. You, you, you know, the more you understand about technocracy, the more likely you'll come to the idea that, yep, this is exactly where this is headed. It's exactly where it's headed. This so is a system being built for the end time. What, if anything, can you do about it? What can we do about it? Well, I'll tell you what. There's a couple. There's a couple of things. One, first, get prepared yourself. And I would say this. I don't know how your listeners would feel about it, but I would say, if you're not familiar with the Bible, if you're not, you know, a student at all of the Bible, now is a good time to start. Because whether you believe it or whether you believe it or not, if you don't know anything about the Bible and you say, I don't want to know anything about the Bible. Well, you don't have to know anything about it in order for it to be true. But if it is true, it's, it's much to your advantage to get, get in there and start getting familiar and find out what you can do, how you can be saved from this coming system. Uh, and, and there is good news in the Bible. It's called the good news. It's called the gospel. It's a great thing. And, you know, people need to make that decision now. But what we can do, we, what we can do in this world today is we can expose the deeds of darkness. That's what the Bible tells us to do. We can expose the deeds of darkness. We can be, if you were, harmless as doves and wise as serpents. And that's also a direct command. You know, we're not to be ignorant about these things. We're to have our eyes wide open. It, it not only directs us in how we might pray for the world and for others and for our leaders, but also it helps us to get personally prepared so that we don't get terminally damaged by this system when it really asserts itself. And I'm going to just hope in the meantime that there might be some crafty hackers out there, white hat hackers, if you will, that, uh, that might find some chinks in the armor of this system and bring it down or just give it fits. Uh, don't know if that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, until we hear otherwise, we continue to resist, and we continue to spread the word and, if you will, expose the deeds of darkness and call these crazies out for who they are. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Patrick, that's very well said. We only have a few minutes left, three minutes left. Let's talk about the Red Pill Expo that's coming up June 21st through the 23rd in Spokane, Washington. There's a banner up on Hagman Report. Uh, use promo code Hagman to get 15% off. But you've got a lot of speakers coming in. And uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the people that will be speaking there. We really do. We've got, of course, Ed Griffin's going to be there. He's a legend. And if you want to meet Ed, this is a great time to meet him. Uh, very approachable guy, too, by the way. We've got Robert Kiyosaki coming, Tom DeWeese of American Policy Center. We've got uh, Dr. Duke Pesta, an education expert, coming. Oh, gosh, we've got Twyla, uh, Twyla Bray's coming. She's uh, a health 
uh, industry expert going to blow some whistles there. Uh, it's just an all-star lineup. I would just say one thing to your, uh, you know, you can go there and look at all that stuff uh, on the website, redtailexpo.org. But I would encourage any listener that's this, listening to this right now, whatever urge you have to not come, I urge you to overcome it. You know, people people are sitting back thinking that President Trump is going to save them and that he's going to save the country. And I'll tell you what, it ain't going to happen that way, folks. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like going to church sometimes on Sunday when you just don't feel like going, or you get in a big argument with one of your kids or your wife or something. Yeah, I ain't going to church this morning. You need to fight that urge and get in your car anyway and get there because by the time you get there and you hear the message and you talk to some other friends, whatever, you realize that you-know-who is trying to keep you from church in the first place. (laughs) So, you know, I encourage people, overcome your urge to not buy a ticket and just commit to come. Pay the money. It's not about the money. Pay the money and come and take the red pill, if that's a symbolic thing here, so that you can get out of the fake news and fake history. This this is Ed Griffin's uh, goal in this. He's declared war on fake news and fake history. That's why we're doing Red Pill Expo. And we're by golly, I'll tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna give him a definitive blow this time around. And uh, that's what all these speakers are all about. We we've got so much stuff. You're a, a, an attender will go away with their heads so swelled up with information they hardly will they'll be so excited to get home and actually start doing something they won't know what to do (laughs) you just got to come and do it no i i couldn't agree i love uh events like this and it seems when you get all these people together speaking and their presentations and what they do is so much better in person than you can get on the radio and having that experience so check that out red pill expo uh, on Hagman Report, there is the banner right at the top. 15% off using promo code Hagman. And uh, you also get, uh, Patrick, the DVDs from 2017. Is that still till the end of the month? That's right. Um, okay. Ed Griffin has made several of these available for uh, people who buy tickets right now. I get a free DVD set. So 19 hours. 10 DVDs in the set from last year's Expo. Wow. It's like, holy mackerel. It's worth 100 bucks by itself. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Patrick yeah. Wood, uh, you are the man, and thank you so very much for everything you do. Technocracy.news is the website. Technocracy Rising is the book. Red Pill Expo is the place to be. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, guys. God bless you all. God bless you. All right, folks, we're going to break back. Stay. You're not going to want to miss what's coming next. Stay right where you're at. Welcome to this edition of the Hagman Report. If you're wondering if I was rather quiet last segment, uh, I was busy getting the duct tape off of my mic button that uh, Eric the Tech and John had put on there. They said you can't you can't talk, you can't do this anymore, and uh, t- you know they were they were force feeding me uh, uh, cortisol buster from Health Masters. What happened? What just happened here? Yeah. Now, folks, um, in all seriousness, this next segment, perhaps one of the most astounding pieces of history, video, audio you're going to see. 
here's what's going on. We have coming up, we have with us uh, on video a gentleman by the name of Brad Hopp. Brad Hopp, I've met him, and as a matter of fact, he's been in my home, in my kitchen. We've sat, we've had coffee together. I've met him, I've looked him in the eye. This man is a, a, a man of character and integrity. He's married to a beautiful woman, and a beautiful family. And uh, there's another gentleman coming on. I'm not going to give you his name. We're just going to go by the first name of Andrew. Okay? He's located in a communist Asian country. You, you and I, we together, uh, Joe, myself, y- you folks out there, we've talked about human sex trafficking. And some people, for example, in my personal opinion, see, I've got a couch, everything I say, in my personal opinion, rags such as the Rolling Stone and other Marxist communist perverse websites treat human sex trafficking as it's some kind of as if it's some kind of urban legend it's not to think that there are girls as young as 10 and 11 forced into sex slavery it happens it's happening today and we talk about it. We get emails about it. Well, what good is it to talk about it? You're, what, what are you doing about it? What can you do about it? We have the Craig Sawyers, the Sawmans out there. We've got the we've got the uh, Vets for Child Rescue organization. We've got the people out there doing things overtly. But what about the real covert stuff? The real cloak and dagger stuff. The kind of things that if you get caught, especially in a communist Asian country, they will torture you and then they will kill you. We have a gentleman standing by that is actually in that position. Hang, hang, hang on a second. We're, we're getting, I'm getting some crosstalk here. What's going on, Joe? All right. So we have both gentlemen and Brad is coming on video, but we don't have his video. Okay, all right. All right. We'll work this out. This is critically important. I just, uh, no, no, everyone, please listen to what I'm saying here. We are bringing this to you. Brad Hopp is bringing this to you. This other gentleman is appearing from a, uh, is joining us from an undisclosed location again in the war zone and I describe the war zone as behind enemy lines in this communist Asian country where this gentleman is rescuing children young girls forced into sex slavery Brad Hopp again having sat in my kitchen talked to him last year was working on a farm and this farm and he was almost crushed to death. 6,000 pounds of tractor on top of him. He was saved, but by the grace of God. He's, uh, he's joining us because he can. <laughs> he was, in his words, basically, reborn or saved to do this kind of work. It is our distinct pleasure to bring to you 
two gentlemen who are making the difference, a difference, in rescuing the victims of human sex trafficking. They're risking their lives. They're risking everything. In the case of the gentleman that's joining us by audio, risking everything. And the reason I, I, I'm bringing this, I'm laying this out so methodically and slowly, you've got to understand here, if operational security is breached, tonight, this could be the, the this is not going to happen on our watch, but this could be the last broadcast this gentleman does. It's that serious. There are people, there are, there are authorities, in quotation marks, wanting to know this man's identity. There are authorities who are, who are hunting this man. And again, it's by your prayers and it's by your support. It's by God's grace that this is taking place. So what I'm telling you right now, Brad Hopp is, is, is put together, along with this other gentleman, the methods, the operation to rescue the young victims, horrifically young victims of human sex trafficking by perverts in the world that exist, despite what the lesbians of lesbian reporters and, and homosexual reporters of of the left wing uh, progressive lunatic websites think. This is this is reality. And for the Christians who don't want to listen to this, turn it off. If this is, if this is off-putting to you, turn it off. But this is reality. I, I could not, I don't think any one of us in this room could shine the shoes of the man that's behind the, behind the, behind the curtain here. I'm going to tell you that flat out. Half, half of the people out there listening to this don't have the balls to do what this guy does. It's that serious. You want radio? You want video? You want reality? Here it is. It's my distinct pleasure, our distinct pleasure to welcome to the program Brad Hopp. Brad, thanks for joining us, sir. Hey, Doug, how are you tonight? Honored. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Very honored right. to have you and the other gentleman on with us. We have his, uh, we have your audio. We have hit, we have him connected. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do, because this is such a very sensitive subject and because lives are at stake here, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hyping this up. Brad, I want you to take this interview because you know what can be said. One slip of the tongue could mean death for the man on the other end of the phone. Right. And uh, so let's bring the other gentleman on as well. Brad, we don't have your video. So if 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 there's a camera button on your Skype feed or however you're connected, click that camera. If You might see a little icon with a camera and then a line through it. Okay. Regardless, it, it may not work. So what we're going to do yeah, is fine. we're just going to bring you on audio. If that's all right with you, Brad, you there? Okay, I'm. We gonna we see? I'm sorry, it's giving me a fit here, Doug. Okay. 
It's no, right. no worries. We've been look, having look. problems with Skype all week. Brad, we're just going to do the audio on this because this is too important to, to mess around with video and stuff like that. We've got some images, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and, and some things here, yeah. so so don't worry about that. Um, we have the other gentleman on the line as well. Uh, let's bring him on to make sure his audio is good. We're going to call him in. We're going to call him Andrew. Andrew? Yes, hello, Doug. Thank you for having me. Well, it's our our pleasure. So we're going to call you Andrew. We've got Brad Hopp on the other other line. Brad, thanks for joining us. We've met. Uh, You're a a class, you know, class A guy. You've got got some great courage, and uh, you've got something going on right now that uh, people need to know about. Start where you want, sir. Well, thank you, Doug. Um, really, I'm not that much of courage. Uh, it's all Andrew. Um, the work that he does over there is, is extremely dangerous and can be extremely dangerous. Um, this kind of started a year, year and a half ago. Uh, Andrew visited our church and, and was uh, talking about all the different things that he goes through and, and everything. And, and then a while later I saw on Facebook he had some posts of some of the pictures of, of the bracelets and the tea and the coffee that the girls are making and stuff. And, and so I was like, you know, I could import this stuff and, and buy it from the girls and, and resell it over here. And then as time developed and, and went on, um, it really became much more than that, uh, to the point where we're actually, um, splitting the profits and, and half the profits are going back to, uh, his rescue house. And they're being matched by a Chinese gentleman who is um, uh, a gentleman that was a, um, well, I don't know if I should give away what he was, but anyway, he uh, has chosen to match the funds that we bring in. And so we're able to go out and rescue even more girls, and we're able to go out and get another rescue house so we can get them into rehab and do what we need to do. Okay. Um, uh, all right, Brad, let me, let, me, let me stop you right there because it's. Uh, I just want to make sure that people are clear on this. Brad Hop is the American counterpart to the gentleman that's on, we'll, we'll call Andrew, um, uh, Andrew, who's in a communist Asian country. The, uh, the, the process is this. Brad and this other gentleman hooked up. They, they, there's a, a website on Facebook. It's Facebook uh, slash Teshua Tea Company. It's the funding mechanism to save, to rescue these, these young girls. And what they do is they, they, uh, uh, process the tea or whatever you do, and, and they make uh, crafts and, and they sell it in order. And what Brad does is, uh, and what they do is, is they take the money, the income from this, and they launder it, if for lack of a better term, back into this communist country and use it for rescuing the these uh, sex slaves. So that's kind of the thumbnail sketch overview. Yeah. Okay, just to, to kind of catch people up, and if you look, if you're watching this, if you look on the screen, it's uh, Facebook slash Teshua Tea Company. Am I pronouncing that correctly, Teshua? I think it's actually Teshua. Teshua. Um, okay. Teshua is actually the Hebrew word for deliverance. Okay. All um, right. So I don't know if you can say something more first. Okay. All right. So that's that's what that is. So. Um, Let's go to uh, Brad. Uh, how, well, let me ask you this, Brad. How did you hook up with, again, we we're calling him Andrew. How did you hook up with Andrew? How did you, how did that happen? Um, he came and preached at our church, and I sent him a friend request on Facebook, and, and uh, so we became friends, and, and 
Um, like I said, I had seen the pictures of the bracelets that he was uh, having the girls make, and and I was like, you know, this would be an opportunity for me to help out by purchasing these bracelets from the girls and, and giving them economic empowerment to change their lives, to change their futures. A lot of these girls have, have children. They've gotten pregnant through the the uh, prostitution that they were forced into or whatever it may be. And so, um, you know, I wanted to do something that would be able to benefit them and at the same time provide for my family too. And, and But then it just it slowly evolved and it became a lot more than what it what it originally started out being. Gotcha. All right. And and folks, by the way, just uh, I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but I want to just put these out there. Um, these mean a lot to me. And uh, Brad and Andrew sent these to, to the studio. These bracelets, for example, were made by the victims mm-hmm. of, of, of the child, of, of the sex trafficking rings. These were made by the victims, and these are very important to me. And this is a very important topic. This T right here is the T that, and this is a fantastic T, by the way, that is uh, being sold again. Uh, what is it? Harvested, picked by the, the, yeah. the whatever, okay, by the mm-hmm. victims. And uh, one more item here. This is a uh, this is a uh, a box for uh, a trinket box, basically. Um, it's a coaster, Senate. or coaster. I'm sorry, coaster. What am I? What am I saying? But but uh, yeah, I'm okay. But you know, th- this is very emotional to me. I mean, when I look at these, and I, I think of I think of all the the sadness and tears and the and the victimization behind this. It's just it's just beyond comprehension. All right. So what we have here, folks, is is an operation ongoing right now. It is a covert operation being operated on the ground by Andrew in a communist Asian country. He's actively rescuing victims of sex trafficking hooking up with Brad Hop here in America and funding an operation to keep this rescue operation going. Having said that, let me toss this back to let me toss this to Andrew. Andrew, thank you so much for for really putting your life on the line and joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Andrew, tell people what your story is and you give us a rundown of of how you to the extent you can and you feel comfortable how you got involved in this? Well, we moved to Asia um, in 2007, and um, we started an outreach at a restaurant. We actually opened a restaurant as an outreach to university students um, in this country. And through that restaurant, we led many, many people to the Lord. And um, it was actually interesting. Two of the girls we led to the Lord that came to come as waitresses for our restaurant um, the Lord actually put this ministry on their hearts. It wasn't on our hearts. It was on their hearts. Um, it's actually kind of ironic, um, the story behind how they came. Uh, the first girl came, and she applied for the job as a waitress. Um, she filled out the application, and um, I told her, come back Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, we want to we wanna have an interview. And 9 a.m. came and left, and she wasn't there. And 10 a.m. came and left, and she wasn't there. She came in three hours late for the interview. And, um, you know, in the natural, there's no reason that I would have hired her. But, you know, we believe that there's a, a God in heaven who leads our steps and directs us. And so I felt that I should go ahead and give her an interview. And I interviewed her, and then I felt that we should hire her. She didn't have any qualifications that were any better than anyone else. Um, she showed up three hours late for uh, the interview. In the natural, she was just, uh, 
you'd never get a job, you know, just practical advice, don't show up three hours late for an interview, you're not going to get hired. Mm -hmm. Um, but we went ahead and hired her and she uh, brought her best friend and she interviewed and she um, was also hired and both of them committed their lives to Christ and um, went to our discipleship programs in our Bible schools and um, then later on the Lord put this ministry on their hearts and so we got them some training uh, information and got it translated into their language and um, then these girls started going into these brothels and taking gifts to the brothel owners and to the girls just to develop relationships. In the Asian culture, relationship is so, so important. And so um, one day they uh, went to one of the brothel owners and said, would you like to meet an American that can speak um, your language? And they said, well, I've never even met an American, much less an American that can speak my language. Um, I'd, I'd love to. And so this man also had a, um, a tea shop. Um, he actually has tea trees up in the mountains. He grows tea and processes tea. And uh, he's actually um, the one that's helping us to set these girls up to sell the tea. Um, but uh, So I met him at his tea shop, and he was the, the pimp that was running the brothel, that was using these girls and selling these girls, the, the first girls that were rescued. And um, just shared some about my life with him, and he shared some of his life um, with me. And then I shared the gospel with him and, and told him, you know, about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And uh, he was convicted of his sin and, and wanted to repent. And um, he, he shut the brothel down and made Jesus his Lord and Savior. And now he's actually helping us to rescue um, girls from human trafficking, from sex trafficking. And so it's not just, um, you know, it's nothing that we could have done on our, on our own. It was nothing that, you know, we could have planned. I mean, even the best plan would have never um, happened like this. And that's amazing. That's, uh, you know, that's how these things are, that's how these things go. That's how they're put together. And that's what makes, you know, not only your story so unique, but, uh, you know that the Lord is definitely, uh, you know, creating the, opening the doors and creating that path for you guys to, so, to get to where we are. Yeah. I mean, so, so this kind of was this opening for you to get involved. And of course, you were able to minister to this, as you called him, a pimp. And that's exactly what he is. And you converted him, and now you've got an operation that is continuing again. This, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not hyping this up. This is a very dangerous operation because you, you're not making friends with with the enforcement authorities. You're not making any friends with the other pimps, shall we say? And you're taking these girls and and taking them out of the sex slavery and bondage. You're giving them yeah. a place, a safe harbor. Giving them a, a, a purpose, they're they're actually making these these fantastic fantastic bracelets and, and other ornaments and tea and and this tea's great. I mean, and, and, but yes, uh, yes, we made some today in the studio, and I had two cups. We had the um, loose leaf white tea. The best tea you'll ever drink. Yeah, this is it's really good. So good. so this is what you've done, and you're still doing this, and. Uh, how bad, Andrew and Brad? Uh, thanks for your patience, Andrew. How prolific is this sex slavery where you're at? Now, I'm not going to give away any location markers, but how prolific is this? It's all over. Um, the the girls that we rescue, we focus on rescuing girls that are underage, that are under 18, and um, but there's in in our area, every, many many of the pretty much. Every hotel, every karaoke club, um, saunas and massage parlors everywhere. There's there's prostitutes. It's just it's really bad. 
um, girls that are being used, some that are selling themselves, um, and then others that are that are being that have been kidnapped and that have been sold into the into the slavery. Uh, can you? And I don't I don't want you to give away anything, but but uh, can you tell us how many you how many you've successfully rescued from this horrific? Uh, we've uh, rescued um, 21 girls um, at this right. point, and that doesn't count. That what, what actually happened at the beginning when um, the man got saved? He shut the brothel down and he let a bunch of girls free. He gave them gave them severance pay and he he gave, bought them bus tickets back to the home villages. And we don't even count those. Um, but after that, after he let those girls free, um, he came to us and said, "I want to help you because it's illegal. It's not like it's legal. Like you know, it's just like in America. There's people that are being trafficked in America." And it's illegal here too, but it's still going on. Um, but in these countries, it's illegal. But in order to do it, these people have to have relationships with corrupt government officials and corrupt police officials. Um, not everybody's, you know, not not everybody in these countries are in in part of this or or want to see it happen. You know, there's 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 good officials in these countries as well. Um, but the ones that they're working with are corrupt government officials, corrupt, corrupt police officials. And um, but so he knows the other brothel owners. It's it's a network. It's organized crime, and so he's actually helping us to rescue the girls um, from these other brothels because he knows the names. He he knows the owners, and um, he's he's he gives us pictures of the girls and layouts of the the facilities, and um, actually arranges for us and, and arranges the best time for us to go in and, and do these rescue operations. But it's it the question was you know how prolific. Pl- pl- Prolific. My English is not as good as it used to be, but my other languages are better. But um, uh, <laughs> the um, I have trouble with it's, one. It's all over. So, yeah. All right, uh, Brad. Um, again, without giving any way any operational details away, and and by the way, folks, uh, you two gentlemen have an open open forum here. We're not going to be taking a break. No, we're not going to be beholden to any network uh, 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 time clocks here. Uh, how uh, how did you, or operationally speaking, um, wh- again, what is your role here? Y- you are the American counterpart, and you mm-hmm. assist Andrew in funneling money back into the operation. Is, right. it, is that? Can, can you yeah, speak on I, that a little bit? Sure. I decided that I wanted to set up a website. Um, I decided that we needed to take this bigger, and so I decided to set up the website and be able to start marketing these products over here. Um, Andrew is actually traveling all over the U.S. right now and, and uh, raising money for his other missions work that he does over there as well. And so um, it was like God just brought everything together. You know, it was it was so amazing. This last year has just been a roller coaster ride for me uh, personally, and and so I. I used to deliver fire trucks all over the country and Doug, you know that. And cause we stopped out of your house there at that time. And, um, um, anyway, so I, I was doing that and that came to an end at the beginning of the year. And I was like, this is the time to do what I need to do with Andrew and, and start moving this thing forward. And so the last few months have been a major, um, uh, learning curve for me and figuring all this out. And so I'm, I'm setting up the website. I'm doing the marketing over here, uh, getting the products out the door and into the customers and stuff over here. And then, like we said, getting the money back to the rescue house so that we can buy another rescue house over there and get even more girls out of this type of, of slavery. 
That, that's that's amazing. And, and folks, if you're just joining us, we have two guests on on we have two guests with us right now: Brad Hop and Andrew. Last name we will not. Well, we're just calling him Andrew. Andrew is really behind enemy lines in a communist Asian country. He's involved in rescuing the victims of the young victims of child sex slavery. Uh, his organization is working undercover and ministering to the girls, setting up the girls, providing them safe haven, teaching them uh, to craft tea, roast coffee, make some of the handcrafted gifts that, that I've shown you. And again, these are very special t- to us because they're very meaningful to us when you think about what's behind these. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to give you kind of a thumbnail sketch again, Brad, Brad Hopp, uh, a tremendous man of God and a tremendous man. It's our honor to have him as well as Andrew. Uh, all right, it, it, the and I and I wanted to do this methodically, but this is such an emotional topic for me and for everyone here in the studio and for everyone. Uh, and I apologize if it's a little bit scattered, but but one thing I wanted to, just to get into or, or mention and perhaps double down on is the fact that. The Brad, your fundraising efforts and, and your laundering, shall we say, and, and I apologize for that use of the term, but funneling, laundering the money back, back to the, back, back to uh, Andrew, where he could use it to, to build mm-hmm. more centers and stuff. There's an agreement. Uh, the former pimp is offering to match dollar for dollar the money that uh, uh, Tashua T can raise in order to build a second house and give, save more girls. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to, we need to really kind of focus in on that. Um, given the fact that that here's something that people listeners can do, mm-hmm. and, and by the way, folks, I know Brad, and, and I know the auditing behind this, and there's not a wasted dollar, not a wasted penny. So, right. um, so, so, Brad, you want to you want to take this and, and talk about the the offer at hand, and then we'll toss it to Andrew. Yeah. So what we've what we've done is um, we've set up a donation page on tissuet.com, and all the money there actually goes into a uh, an account for Andrew, um, but then all of the products those are being purchased from the girls. So actually, what you get to do is kind of a double whammy. You get to purchase products from the girls that empowers them economically, but then you can also donate to Andrew directly, and um, that money goes back into um, building the new facility. It goes into Taking care of the girls' needs, uh, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Uh, Andrew doesn't just provide for, you know, one need for the girls. They get them ultrasounds if they're pregnant. They, they really strongly try to encourage the girls not to, uh, have abortions. And, and I know he has a couple stories that I don't want to step on over that. Um, but there's been, there's several babies that are alive today because of the work that he's done. And getting these girls ultrasounds, even though they were, you know, brutally raped in these in these brothels, they still chose by the grace of God to give their lives to Christ and to save their babies' lives. And it doesn't always turn out that way. And I'll let him talk a little bit more about that too, if he wants to. But, um, but you know, there's there's a lot of girls that we've been able to uh, help who have chosen to give life to their babies, and and I think that's just a wonderful. A wonderful thing. Long term, the vision of this of this business is not just to uh, impact these girls. I want to take this and be able to expand it out and work with other missionaries throughout the world to where we can help 
other indigenous people, native people, whatever it may be, uh, throughout the world and, and be able to, um, just help spread the gospel even more and, and be able to economically empower people. Because when you, when you help meet their physical needs, they're more apt to listen to you talk about their spiritual needs. And I think that taking and just giving, uh, clothes and food and whatever, just giving that stuff to people in some of these countries, I've often heard from missionaries that they're like, you're killing our local economies by doing that. Help us by provide or by purchasing stuff. Help us by, you know, doing other things rather than just giving stuff and flooding our, our marketplace with all these goods. Help us by, by, uh, you know, economically empowering people. So. Yeah. Right. Right. A- Andrew, um, we're going to toss it to you. Go ahead and, and build off of what Brad said, if you don't mind, or, or take it, uh, in the direction that you, that you'd like, because th- this is an incredible story. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Like, um, you all said, um, there was a man that the, the, the man that was the pimp, the man that, um, whose life was transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. He didn't just say a prayer, you know, but he, he repented of his sins and he turned and shut the brothel down. Uh, he came to me a few months later and he said, I've got about $48,000, uh, in a bank account, uh, that I have left over from running this brothel. And, um, he said, I spent a lot of money. I wasted a lot of money. Um, and, uh, but he said, I've got about $48,000 us dollars in a, in a bank account. And he said, I want to give it to you. And he's doing a matching project. So if somebody donates a dollar, um, towards this project, He's matching a dollar. If someone donates a thousand dollars, he's matching a thousand dollars. Forty, all the way up to forty-eight thousand dollars, becoming ninety-six thousand dollars. And so it's it's just proves the transforming power of the gospel. Um, but we're changing lives. We, um, as as I said, we don't just you know rescue these girls out of the brothel and then set them out on the street. We have a rehab home for the girls. The girls are back in school. They're learning. Um, some of them to read and write. They never learn to read and write. Um, they're learning um, their, their math and they're learning science and they're learning just the basics that we need um, to be successful in life. Um, learning to read and and, um, and uh, things that we take for granted. Um, but we're also teaching the girls trades so that they learn. Um, some of the girls are um, making the coasters. Some of the girls are making the bracelets. Um, some of the girls uh, have after-school jobs. Um, they're they're getting they're learning responsibility, and um, but uh, with this project we as we said there were we had four girls that we rescued uh, that were pregnant when we rescued them. Now we we do we do abortion alternatives and abortion prevention services for other ladies, not just other women, other families. Um, but we had four of our girls that came in that conceived the babies while they were being used while they were being trafficked. And uh, we just present the gospel to them. We don't force them. Uh, we say, you know, this is how much God loves you. This is um, what we think that you should do. You know, you, we, we think that choosing abortion is not the best choice, that choosing life is the best choice. And um, we share the gospel with them, and then they make the choice. And two of the four girls chose life and chose to give birth to the babies. And two of the girls chose abortion and chose to terminate and, and kill the babies. And um, it's it's interesting to see the two girls that actually chose life and chose not to have abortions. Um, they're healing and they're 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 just recovering. And in what would have been just a constant reminder, what in the natural of you know 
how they were abused and you know seeing that that baby every day they thought it was going to be a constant reminder of how they were abused and used and raped and and tortured but really God has turned it around and it's a constant reminder of the goodness of God and the mercy of God and how he rescued them and pulled them out and the two girls that actually had abortions their healing processes is not coming along near as fast not because you know God's mad at them angry at them you know they've both of them have repented and asked for forgiveness but they have a constant reminder of of the fact that they did choose abortion but we're seeing their lives transformed and God is is merciful and and but it's about renewing the lives of these girls they've they've been redeemed and they're being restored Andrew how is it and thank you for that by the way and thank you for what you're doing but how is it that you're able to operate I mean, by the grace of God, you're, you're, you're able to operate under the radar of the people who want to kill you, the people who want to stop what you're doing. Uh, you, you've got to have, I'm sure you had some close calls. I'm sure you've been, uh, I mean, you, you've been hunted down, or, you know, people want to hunt you down because obviously this is a very lucrative industry. Anything, anything, uh, I mean, how, how are you operating? And, 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 Undetected at this point. We we come and go very discreetly. Um, our rescue rehab home is on the other side of the province, um, in in another part of the of the country from where we rescue the girls. So we get the girls about 12 hours away from where we rescue them. So there's a very little chance of them running into anybody that they know. Um, and actually, it was interesting. We also have schools um, in this country. We we have Bible schools, and um, one day I was actually. You know, to, to give a balanced perspective, um, there's a lot of really good people in these countries. And there's even good people um, in the government of these countries. You know, not everyone are, you know, looking to just kill and destroy. Um, we actually found favor at one point with um, some government officials, and I don't even know who they are to this day. Um, but one of the girls that we rescued, um, she had been, she was being pimped out by um uh, the man, one of the men at one of the brothels, not the one that was led to the Lord, but another another brothel owner, and um, uh, she had also she, he was selling her, but he was also uh, with her. He was also had a perverted relationship with her, and so she had an emotional, a perverted emotional attachment to this man that was running the brothel. And so when we rescued her, uh, she never really got over that, and she had a, uh, wanted to go back to him. Um, and we don't hold them against their will; um, they can leave at any time. Um, and she was with us for several months, and then she chose to leave and go back to him. And she went back to him, and um, he beat her um, when he, when she showed back up. He beat her severely. I mean, beat, beat her to a pulp. And uh, she had to be in the hospital for about a week. But he beat her, and then he, he ran her off. And um, after he ran her off, he followed her, and he followed her back to one of our Bible schools. And um, when he came back to the Bible school, I was there teaching that morning. And so he basically found out where she went to, and then he went back to get some of his corrupt buddies, some of the corrupt police officials, some of the corrupt military officials, to come and bust our place up. And uh, by the grace of God, I found favor. We found favor with someone in the police department or someone in the government um, offices that that um, sent someone else from a different police department over to arrest me and actually take me to the police department. And they took me over and put me in a cell until... Uh, about 12 o'clock, a little after 12 in the middle of the night. And um, I didn't know what was going on. I just assumed, you know, that they'd found out about our our illegal Bible schools in this country and um, that they were going to 
kick me out of the country or, you know, I didn't know what they were going to do. Um, but uh, I stayed there. They at About a little after 12 midnight, they took me out of the back of the police station, you know, and it, you're kind of wondering, you know, what happens. Nothing good comes out of the back of a police station at, you know, 12 o'clock at night. And then they put me in an unmarked car. And uh, they took me uh, over to a hotel and put me on house arrest. And then the next morning, they took me and took me back to the city, um, the main city that we operate out of. And they explain, explained to me what had happened. And so we, the only way we're able to do what we do, one is by the, the grace and the mercy of God, by his, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And then just we found favor with, we, we do a lot of really good things. We do work, we work with um, lepers and we work with orphans and uh, we do a lot of other programs with um, helping people with agricultural projects and micro animal loans and helping people to, um, raise their standard of living not just giving money we don't just give money to anyone actually we we loan systems whether they're animal uh, loans we give them animals and the, as the animals reproduce they able, they're able to raise their standard of living but we found favor because of these projects and um, they were because of this um, we're able to do what we do well that that's just fantastic and I want to ask you this basically you're un- operating via an underground network because openly practicing your faith in this country is illegal. Yes, correct. And so that means everybody, uh, you know, you, uh, from your, your facilities, you have all these different people, all these different parts, uh, from what it sounds like, a whole organization, a network of people who are uh, doing this to, to spread the word of the gospel and to help people uh, live better lives and, and uh, of faith. And, and get them saved, and it's just absolutely great. And then Brad, on top of this, is set up the uh, website and the T. And this is a great T. And I want to not to take the conversation away from the the trafficking, but just again, folks, if you want to support what they are doing, you can buy this T. You can get all these uh, things that these ladies make, and it is just a, a wonderful product. And you can also donate on the PayPal site. And as they said, uh, they have somebody offering to match dollar for dollar the money that they raise in order to help build uh, more uh, abilities for these these girls and to uh, continue to spread the word of the gospel. How hard is it to remain undetected with these networks of people? Is it something like a everybody knows not to say anything to, to certain people? Or how does this work? How do, how do you guys stay so protected? Yeah, we've got um, just a, a really good, through the restaurant that we opened when we first got there, we led a, a lot of people to Christ and discipled them and just showed them the love of God and the goodness of God. And then uh, so we have a, a handful of people, uh, well, more than a handful, about about 38 ch- um, nationals um, that um, we work with that we have long relationships with. I mean, they just they've been with us for for many many years, and so we trust them, and they um, help us to um, accomplish what we accomplish. And so um, it's not like you know, really, they get they really should get the credit for most of what we do. I mean, I I'm there and I'm working with them and I'm. I'm um, helping them and, and helping to lead them, um, but without them, we couldn't do what we do. Understood. Okay, Brad, I, I gotta give it to you, man. I, I gotta give you the credit. Um, by the way, folks, uh, uh, you know, I'm looking at this and I, I know what this represents. You couldn't, I wouldn't sell this for a million bucks. But, but, Brad, um, Give us the the website that you set up and designed to make this operational for the funding. Okay, it's teshuatea.com. It's T-E-S-H-U-A-H, teshuatea.com. And um, 
an interesting story about the name. The the name Teshua actually is the Hebrew name for deliverance. And um, uh, so there's there in this particular language there's there's some other meaning to that uh, to the name too uh, in in the in the country that Andrew works in. Uh, there's some special meaning to the name there, and it means special tree. And so it's just really neat that our deliverance comes through the cross of Christ. Oh. <clears throat> Sorry, right. take your time. Take your time, bro. Um, you know, I just think about a year ago laying in the ditch with my tractor on top of me. And to be sitting here giving God glory tonight, still being able to be the father of my six children and being able to take an active part in what Andrew's doing, even though I can't go overseas. I mean, I have six little, you know, six kids. I have a a son that's married all the way down to a one-year-old. So, you know, it's not like I can just pack up and go. But I'm able to contribute and do what I can from here and and it's only by God's grace and mercy and his deliverance that I've been able to get off from under that tractor. I've been able to rebuild my life and and, and um I rolled the tractor off of the off the shoulder of the road and it went down six feet. Um it weighed seventy eight hundred pounds with the loader on it and landed on top of my pelvis. It didn't crush my lungs, it didn't cause internal bleeding. Um People say, you know, oh, you had adrenaline and that helped you push that tractor off. No. I pushed it off one-handed while that tire, the tire on the passenger side, which is still inflated, was turning on my pelvis. And, and by God's grace, I was able to reach up, find the axle, and push. And I know I had angels that helped me push it off of me. And I was able to get out from under it by myself before, immediately afterwards and before the fire department got there because if they hadn't gotten there or if I hadn't gotten out from under when I did they wouldn't have gotten there in time I wouldn't be here and so this whole idea of deliverance and what Andrew's doing and how he's economically empowering people to make better lives that really um, that really means a lot to me and to be able to hear, be here and be a part of it is is really spectacular well, it's a it's a blessing to have you, and like most of us, our stories are similar in the fact that uh, you know many of us shouldn't even be here or doing what we're doing, and uh, somehow it works itself out, and that's what you know makes it so special. Yeah, and I want to point out that to, to the listeners, if you're listening to this on BTR Global Star uh, on on video, just go to HagmanReport.com or, or go to our YouTube page, and you can see the picture of the tractor that Brad was talking about. I remember when that yeah. happened, Brad. I remember. My wife, I think, was talking to your wife. Uh, was that about you? What date was that? It was April 13th of last year. Of 2017, right. Right. And, and um, oh, yeah, we, we thought you, I mean, we thought you were a, a, we thought you were a dead man. Right. You know, and in, in living where I live and in doing what I do, small scale farming and stuff, um, you know, it is dangerous. I had a friend of mine a month to the day, exactly, um, after my accident. I was killed in a, in a farming accident. So, you know, it's, it's a very real, uh, danger and stuff. And, and, but to be given the opportunity to still be here and to be given the opportunity to be able to, uh, 
take full advantage of life, you know, this is the least I can do, I think, to be able to sow into what Andrew's doing and, and really be a blessing to the girls. And, and um, you know, so it's just, it's an incredible opportunity. And, uh, folks, Brad Hop is our guest. Andrew, last name redacted on purpose. Uh, Brad Hop is a phenomenal man. I know him. I know his wife. Tremendous people. He's got a wonderful family. Andrew is just a courageous man who's got more guts and integrity than any, uh, any ten men that I know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what they're doing is is a fabulous a fabulous service for the for the victims of child uh, child sex trafficking. The website is Tashua. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. T Tashua T dot com. And I'll just uh, to me this is kind of a front, but but the people who buy the tea and buy the buy the artifacts, the uh, gifts from from the victims. Are doing more. They're doing so much more than just receiving these. You know, they're, than just buying a, a, the tea or buying the, 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 the art, the gifts. They're supporting an operation mm-hmm. that's saving lives. Mm-hmm. Andrew. And Man. did we say the tea's delicious? Yeah. Absolutely delicious. Thank you. Hey, hey, Andrew, help us out here. Carry us through. Um, it's, well, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty it's, tough, it's, man. It's, it's, um, you know, when you hear some of the stories and of the girls after we've rescued them, you know, and how they got into it, you know, that's, um, it, it makes it all worthwhile. And when you see, you know, people's lives being changed and transformed, um, and being brought around from what, you know, could have been, you know, some of these girls don't make it out of the brothel. Some of them end up dying and getting killed. I mean, they, they, or they get diseases. We've, we've had girls come in with, you know, STDs, but none of them have come in with anything that wasn't curable, uh, fortunately. Um, you know, some of these girls end up with AIDS and, and diseases that, that can't be cured. Um, but we've had, you know, the youngest girl we had that we rescued was 11 and um, just threw over my shoulder and brought carried her out. We have a team that goes in and creates a distraction. And then um, uh, a lot of these are in karaoke clubs uh, where the men come in and they sing and drink and get drunk. And, you know, by the end of the night, you know, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, everybody's drunk in these facilities. The security's drunk. The, um, you know, the bouncers are drunk. The, the, the management is drunk. All of the customers that come in are drunk. These girls are drunk um, to the point where they're just basically passed out on couches. Um, and then the, the men abuse them in their drunken stupor. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got, they've got stories. Yeah. Um, one of the girls we had, the, the first girl that we rescued, uh, was named Miss Zhao. And, um, she was 15 years old and, uh, but she was kidnapped by her uncle. Her parents went on a vacation and left her and her brother with her uncle thinking that he was going to take care of them. Uh, he raped, um, the girl and then, he kidnapped her and sold her into human trafficking. And um, just, you know, imagine how you could even imagine, you know, um, going through some of the things they go through, but but yet seeing their lives being restored by by um, the education they're getting and then also by the the grace of God and the, the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. Um, it's good to see lives being changed. Um, we've Some of the girls, many of the girls um, were orphans. Um, 
just orphan children that were on the streets that were kidnapped. Um, some of, when one of the girls um, lost her parents in a bus accident at age 13, and she was out on, on the streets as an orphan. Both parents died in the bus in the bus accident, and uh, she was kidnapped on the streets and and uh, taken to be used for for human trafficking for prostitution. Um, and Andrew, let me ask you this: How long? Uh, I'm sure it's different in each case, but how how long does it take to rehabilitate uh, uh, these girls? And then have you had uh, have they had a chance to go out into the world and, and do anything? Uh, go back with their families. How, what's the process here as far as the rehabilitation goes? Any of the girls can go back to their families if they have families. The the large majority of these kids don't have families. Um, they we've we've only been doing this for about three years now, and so all of the girls that we've rescued that have come into our rescue rehab home are still with us. Um, they've they're okay. in school. They haven't. Um, we had one of our girls. Actually, I take that back. We have one girl that that um, got married. She actually married a a, a, a neat man, and um, they've. Uh, had a child now, um, but all of all but one of the girls are still with us. She was a little older, and uh, when we when we rescued her, but all of the girls are still in the process of trying to catch up on their education. They were all kidnapped, and so they were very very far behind in their in their education. So we're trying to get them back caught up in education. We're we're still in the process of figuring out exactly how long it's going to take to get these girls back. Um, but the goal is to give them. Um, the tools they need to be able to live productive lives. Because the problem is, and it happens when, you know, there's other organizations, there's government organizations. If the, if the government comes in and if what happens, some of these brothels, they don't pay their, their taxes. They don't pay their, their bribes to the, to the government. And so they will come in and bust the, um, the brothel. And, or they make enemies with somebody in, in one of those, um, trafficking circles. And so the police will come in and bust them, and the, the girls will be released back into society. So they're freed. They're freed from um, uh, from sex trafficking. But the problem is because they have a feeling of insecurity, because they have a feeling of a sense of worthlessness, um, they don't have any, any – they don't have a trade. They don't have any education. A lot of them can't read. They will go back and say, well, I'm, I have no value. And so they'll sell themselves back into prostitution. And so that's why we, we want to rescue these girls that, that, that had no choice. And then we want to give them the tools that they don't have to go back and they don't think, well, you know, I could always sell myself because, you know, I've already done this. I'm already, I'm already worthless. And that's the, that's what happens when, when other, um, organizations or other, you know, if they're rescued by the police and they don't get into a rehab facility. All right. I, I got to ask you some questions about this because I'm curious. Um, Andrew, the clientele to, to these pits of hell, are they local or do you, do you, do you have, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you even know this, but uh, the abusers of these young girls, uh, all walks of life, are they, are they just indigenous to the area? Are they international? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, we work in more than one actually Asian country, but the the main focus and the girls that that we focus on, they're pretty much all um, nationals. Um, they're okay. all, pretty much all indigenous local people. Um, these the girls we're rescuing are girls that are underage, and so uh, because the, this process or this um, this type of business, I even hate to even call it a business, this type type of um, crime um, is is really regulated quite heavily and so um you you don't find it you don't just run into it by you know walking down the street um 
And so the customers are, are mostly local, local um, nationals. Um, there may be uh, exceptions to that, but most of them are, are nationals. Okay. From all, all walks right. of life. I mean, you know, it's it's it costs money. So you know, there's a lot. It's mostly people who are affluent. Um, you know, it's not it's not cheap. And so uh, you know, there's a lot of poor people in this country. And that's you know, we'll, some of the girls we have rescued, their parents sold them into prostitution, sold them into human trafficking, into sex trafficking because the parents didn't have the money, and and they were able to make a pretty good sum of money by selling their children. Wow. All right. And that's a hard reality of of life. And, and you know, if, if there's anyone from Right Wing Watch watching this program, I'll make a deal with you. Especially this goes out to Kyle from Right Wing Watch. You want to pony up $1,000, donate it to, to this organization, I'll match that $1,000. But that only goes for Kyle from Right Wing Watch. Put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. All right. Just to be clear, I just want to say this. Um, this is I'm not I'm not trying to be a hard ass here, but people from Right Wing Watch and other places who say, "Oh, this doesn't exist" or "This is hyped up," I'm gonna tell you right now. And this is only the Kyle from Right Wing Watch. You pony up a thousand dollars, show me proof of a donation of a thousand dollars. I'll match that personally out of my personal bank account to this organization. Um. In addition to the support we're, we're going to be giving them, Brad, I want to toss it back to you. What's the okay. best way? What is the best way our listeners and our viewers can help you to, to expand this, to help you help Andrew, to help you help these girls? What's the best way? Is it just through donations? Is it just how can we help you the best, the most, the most effective? I would say threefold. I would say that it, it is through the donations. I would say that it is through purchasing the products because purchasing the products allows us to buy more products from the girls and allows us to send more money back to them uh, on the flip side too, but then helping us to get the word out. We started a month ago. Um, like I said, this whole thing has been a really steep learning curve over, steep learning curve over the last several months. And, and so just helping us get the word out uh, share this company with, with your friends and family and talk to us, talk to them about it. Talk to them about what we stand for and why we, why we stand for what we stand for. You know, this isn't just a, an Asian problem. This is an American problem. This is a problem all over the world. And, and ultimately, if we can really take this where I believe God wants us to go, um, I think that this is going to have an impact in, in many nations. And, but that isn't going to happen just by Brad hop out on his farm out in, in someplace in the United States. You know, it's, it's going to happen by a lot of people helping us share the mission, helping us to share the, the ideals and the vision for this company and helping us to get it out there. You know, I stumble and fall all over my words, but you guys have the, the insight and the, and the input into reaching other people that I don't have. Um, which is why you're here, and believe me, we do we do our share of stumbling too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you know, we're in good company together. Can, can we hold you over? Can, can we? It's I can't believe it's the top of the hour already. Can, can we? Can we hold you both over for a little bit longer? Yeah, I'm fine. All right, that'd be great. All right, folks, you're listening to the Hagman Report. This is Friday, May 18th, 2018. You're you're listening to history, really. You're you're listening to to, to two stellar human beings, two. Two men with courage beyond description 
Just stay with us. Just stay with us a little bit longer. We're going to be right back. Network break. of the Hagman Report. We had to take a network break at the top of the hour. With us are two men of great courage and great integrity. Andrew, who's coming at us from a uh, from within a communist Asian country. And what he does is he goes out and he rescues the young young girls as young as 10, 11 years old uh, from the sex trafficking rings out there in the the country in which he operates, and he does this very covertly in a clandestine manner. The other half, of, the other counterpart to this is a gentleman by the name of Brad Hopp, H-O-P-P. He's in the United States. He's the face of the operation, and he's the one that collects and, and funds money. The the girls who are that are rescued by Andrew and his organization, um, they Andrew has uh, has opened their opened a home where these girls are. They bring the girls in. They minister the gospel. They take care of their needs, and they teach them to create crafts among other things. Uh, the girls are taught to, to craft tea, roast coffee, make some of the handcrafted gifts, such as this. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. All right, this you could not buy this from me for a million bucks. Um, now, having said that, well, <clears throat> um, oh, Joe, let me kick it off to you because this uh, we, what we need to do, we, we need to get behind these gentlemen, Absolutely. and we need to fund this operation, help fund this operation to rescue more girls from these perverse clutches of these of these these people out there, and, and the gospel needs to be spread. So we've got a job to do here. And, and let's put it this way. We have uh, seen since the 2016 election and with the release of the Podesta emails, the explosion in in the conservative and alternative media's eye of this problem of, of human sex trafficking and it happening here in America at the highest levels, excuse me, of government and power. And But it's a much more prevalent problem than that because it doesn't just happen in those circles at the highest level. It happens at all circles. And we have people on like Russ Dizdar and, and others who uh, have made it their life's work to go and find and, and rescue people from these horrific situations. And that so many people ask us, what can we do to help? What can we do to make a difference? And I would say this is a perfect example of an opportunity of what each and every individual out there can do to make a difference. And maybe it's not in, if you're from America, it doesn't matter if it's ha- happening, your support's helping somebody in the other part of the, the world, it is doing something to put an end to this problem. And it is such a, uh, a a huge problem, and especially what we're talking about in the eastern part of the world, where even uh, religion, certain religions are banned. 
And this is why it's the, the second part of this. It's not just rescuing the girls. It's delivering them, getting them delivered, uh, you know, to the Christ, Christian faith through the spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's, it's a, a twofold operation. It's not just, uh, you know, the, the one side of it. And that's what makes it so special. And then actually having the girls, uh, do things like making the, uh, coasters, which look awesome. I was thinking about it, taking them home, uh, and the bracelets and then this great tea. Uh, you can donate. Just outright donate, or you can uh, order from their website, and it's such a, a noteworthy cause that why not? Uh, and, and if you don't like tea, uh, I know, I don't know anybody in your family you can give it to. Probably learn drink to it, like so. it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's great. So you want to know how you can make a difference, where you can make a difference? This is a perfect opportunity. And uh, you know, I don't know what else to say. If if this doesn't move you to do something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what will. Well, well, Andrew, we're going to kick it over to you. We've got a few minutes left here. I know that every minute that you're on the line, it, it's it's dangerous. So, and again, I don't want to hype this up more than what it is, but it, it, admittedly, it's dangerous. Andrew, I asked Brad this, but I'm going to ask you this directly. How can we best help you operationally? Um, exactly what he said. Um, going to Facebook to the, um, our website. We have we have um, a website which is Tashua, uh, t dot com. It's spelled um, T E S H U A H. Um, phonetically, it's T is in Tango, E is in Echo, S is in Sierra, H is in Hilo, U is in Uniform, A is in Alpha, and then H is in Hilo again. Uh, Tashua House is our Facebook page. Um, we have a Tashua T um, Facebook page as well, and then Um Just going to those pages and um, liking and commenting and sharing it with your friends and then sharing the stories and the testimonies of how these girls are being set free um, with um, your friends and your family. And then um, giving, you know, giving through the donation link on um, those Facebook pages or on the web page. And then... Um, Praying, praying for these girls and um, praying for their um, restoration and, and uh, praying that they uh, can become healed completely and, and move on to become productive members of society. Um, and then praying for the people who are using these girls because, you know, uh, we all know that hurt people hurt people. And um, people are, you know, the, you know we, we don't make an excuse for people that have been hurt, you know, but they, it happens that people that are hurt hurt other people. And so a lot of these people that are using these girls um, have been hurt as well. A lot of the, the women that are running these brothels, uh, many of them are women, many of maybe maybe half and half, women and men that are pimping these girls out, and a lot of them have been hurt and abused. Um, so uh, there, there needs to be healing and restoration. We're not looking to, you know, there, there needs to be justice as well. We want justice, but we also want um, healing and restoration. Um, they, um, so, uh, those, that would be my suggestion. Okay. Sounds good. All right. And, uh, Andrew, we're gonna, we'll cut you loose. So, um, but anything else? We'll give you free open mic here to speak to the world for the next, uh, next 60 seconds or two minutes, whatever you'd like. Final closing comments from you, Andrew. Um, these girls have been through a lot. They've been through, you know, through hell, basically. Hell on earth, not hell that, you know, they would experience if they rejected Christ, but a hell of, that many of us can't even imagine. 
Um, and so I just encourage you um, as an American um, to, or wherever you're listening from, I'm sure this is, this program is listened to from other nations as well, uh, to go out and do something in your community. You know, um, God loves people wherever you're at. You know, he's using us in in Asia because he loves the people of Asia. We kind of joke and we say, you know, God loves Asian, Asian people more than others because there's so many people in Asia, I mean, compared to America. So we would joke and say God loves Asians more than Americans, but not really. God loves everyone. But I would just say, hey, you know, use this um, as an opportunity to give and to pray for our ministry, but also to think, hey, how can I do something where I'm at? How can I help girls that are being trafficked in my area, in my community? Uh, what can I do to help people who are hurting in my area because, you know, you can make a difference um, in your community. Absolutely. And, and unfortunately, it is a, a global problem. And uh, wherever we can make a difference in this fight, we need to take that chance because we don't get the opportunities to do that uh, very often. So, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for doing yeah. what you do. We're going to continue to keep you in our prayers, and you stay in touch we're going to be, yeah, you're going to, your, your ministry, your efforts are going to be front and center, uh, for our, for, for the Hagman Report. Um, and I can guarantee you that, uh, our listeners are very loyal and folks, you know, Andrew's risking his life and he's saving young girls as is Brad. But, but Andrew, thank you. We're going to cut you loose again, knowing that, that, you know, it's risky, uh, where you're at and, uh, for operational security reasons, we're going to keep Brad on for another couple of minutes, and but we'll be back in touch with you, my friend. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Brad. Uh, what a what an incredible story! Again, April of last year, you were laying underneath a tractor, seconds away from death, basically. And I'm not hyping this up. And 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 here you are now today. Mm-hmm. For this yep. purpose, right? Right. And you, know, and you got. By the way, you got a beautiful family. You got a beautiful wife and beautiful family. And, and having, I just want people to understand: this is a real family. This is a real operation. This is a real organization. And I just want to thank you so much. But I, I'm going to give you. We're going to give you the last word here um, on this topic because what you're doing is so critically important for everyone. Drive it well, Thank brother. you. You know. Thinking about the the tractor and stuff, you know, I somebody asked me earlier today. I had a friend of mine call me and they said, "Hey, how you doing? Are you back to you know? Are you back to 100%?" And I said, "Yeah, I am pretty much." And I have ten screws in the front and I have two screws in the back, holding my pelvis together and stuff. And and uh, but God's faithfulness and God's restoration, and that's. That's the thing that I want to leave people with, I guess, is God's faithful, and he's our restorer, he's our healer, he's our deliverer. And that's the thing that I want to – one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this company and so passionate about what Andrew's doing is because I know laying there in the ditch that day, just to put the tractor off myself, I'm laying there in the ditch, and and the the guy was coming down the highway and saw me go over – he hops out of the pickup. I'm already out from under the tractor, from under the tractor. And as I'm laying there, I start praising God because I know that God is my healer. I know He's my deliverer. He's my strength and my salvation and my rock and my fortress. He's my banner, my shield, my buckler, my high tower. He's my ever-present help in times of trouble. And and that's what Andrew is doing. And and 
working with the Spirit of God to do in these young ladies' lives is to, to show them that God is our restorer. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. And whatever you've been through, it doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. You know, I have a friend of mine that was raped as a young man and, and by one of his cousins, and, and God has restored him. And that's the thing that I want people to get is God is a restorer, but it takes a human agent to do that. We are the hands and feet. What did Jesus say? He said, go and be my hands and my feet in the earth. He said, who is your neighbor? Is your neighbor just necessarily the person living next door to you? It may or may not be, but it may be somebody that you don't ever know. 10,000 miles away, 15,000 miles away, whatever it is. But go and be my hands and feet. And that's where this company is, you know, I would like to take credit for it, but it's not really my idea. It's God's idea because he's the one that birthed this idea. He's the one that laid this on my heart. It's all to him. I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for him. And and so he has he has birthed this idea to bring deliverance and healing and hope to people that are really needing it. And and as I said earlier in the broadcast, I don't think that that this is just done with this one Asian country. I think that there's a lot more to do. You know, and Doug, you touched on something earlier. You know, about how many people in high ranking positions are involved in this stuff. And and I may not be I may not know what I'm getting myself into. Quite honestly, I may not know who I'm going to make mad because we're exposing this kind of thing. But you know what? I really don't care because God has birthed me into this time and this place for this season. And he's allowed me to live and brought me to this place that I can be the hands and feet to my neighbors, whether I ever get to meet them or not. I'd like to go over to this country and, and hang out with Andrew and and see more of the operation and stuff and, and I believe that I will but you know it's it's being the hands and feet of Jesus wherever we go sharing the gospel wherever we go and, and really being able to impact people's lives and touch them the way people can help and the thing that we need is we need people to sh- share the word you know I don't know how many hundreds of thousands I kind of have an idea of viewers you guys have but if everybody just told one person just one person, if you just talked about us to one person, you would automatically expand or double our our, our uh, sphere of influence and double the number of people that we can can give this opportunity to be able to help. And and this is a huge opportunity because I don't want to just, like I said, limit to this to the one country. I want to expand this to nations. I want to see nations impacted for the gospel of Christ because we have a limited amount of time. And, you know, I have, as I told you earlier, I had the tractor accident, kept driving fire trucks until the end of the year. And, and since the end of the year, this is all I've done. I've spent thousands of my own dollars doing this, getting this off the ground and getting it going. And I don't say that to ask for anything, but I say that to say, I'm contributing. I'm working my heart out to, to bring this to pass. And I'm asking for your help to share the word, to donate to Andrew, to purchase products so that we can economically empower the girls and get more money back into Andrew's organization and, and into the, the, the house so we can rescue more girls. This is a very real, tangible um, way of, of 
helping your neighbors, being that Samaritan that says, you know what, maybe these people are different than me. Maybe they're maybe they're different color from me. Maybe they're whatever from me. But I still care enough that I'm going to meet their needs. What did the Samaritan do? He didn't just bandage the guy up and leave him lay on the road. He got him out of the ditch. He got him managed up. He got him the medical care that he needed. And he said, whatever it takes to meet this man's needs until he's on his feet, you charge it to my account. And I'll meet it all. And this is what we're able to do. We're taking that and we're being the hands and feet of Christ by meeting these girls' needs until they're on their feet, until they're able to establish their own families, and until they're able to get out into productive members of society and be able to share the gospel with their friends and neighbors. So I appreciate your time, and, and thank you for helping us out, Doug and Joe. Brad, Brad all thanks go to you, and, and uh, of course, praise to God, but you're doing something that... that uh, you're doing the heavy lifting. You and Andrew are doing the heavy lifting. All we're doing is just uh, uh, trying to get people on board here, and we thank you, and we will support you uh, by all means available. You have our word on that. And, uh, again, I would ask the people listening and viewing to this, please share this segment, a difficult segment, extremely difficult to do. Mm-hmm. I know it's difficult for you. You know, and difficult for Andrew and life-threatening for Andrew, but, uh, but thank you for, for doing what you do. And, and as I look at this, and, and this is going to be in a, be held in a very special place, this, this bracelet, um, this is a lot of meaning, a lot of meaning to us, and we thank you, um, for, for what this represents and for what you represent. Uh, one last question, if, if I may. Yeah. <sighs> Are you getting any help from any churches, organized churches at all? Yeah, we are. Andrew's traveling all over the United States right now, raising funds for his family's living expenses while they're traveling. Okay. That's separate. I want people to understand that's separate from the donations that they're making to right. Tishua House through the Tishua T website. Um, those monies are not going to Andrew and, and his family. When he's traveling around the country right now, Back here in the states, he is raising funds. He's he's doing that for his family's living expenses while they're overseas. Um, so anything you you donate that goes right to the rescue house. Right. Um, but he has a lot of churches helping him. Um, we have some things we need to fine tune on the marketing and and um, like I said, we've been open a month, so you know. <laughs> Yeah. I'm having a little bit of a steep learning curve, so there's things that I need to get him uh, as far as some magnets and stuff to have our name on them a little bit and so that people have a tangible uh, thing that they can remember when they go home. But we've already gotten some orders, and, and it's really cool because I found out the other night that Shopify, who's, who is, is hosting our website, said that we were in the top 15% already of all the stores that opened the same day we did. Wow. Um, so God's hand is in this, and, you know, it's. I also feel like God's been kind of going, I'm going to give you a few orders here and there to, to encourage you, but you've got some other stuff to get ready before all this really hits. And, and so he's been allowing me to do that, too. So, Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a remarkable story, both personal and operational. Your personal testimony, and, and I know you, Brad, and, and uh, I, 
I, th- I think a lot of you, and, and I really appreciate all, all that you do and all that Andrew's doing. And, uh, again, we're going to be backing you 100% and urging everyone to, to, uh, to back you. Uh, the, uh, girls who craft tea, roast coffee, makes, makes some of the handcrafted gifts here. Um, this is what it's all about. Their, yeah. their salvation and literal and uh, spiritual salvation. So we thank you. Thanks for spending the time with us, Brad. This has been enlightening and as difficult as it is, man. You've done, Mm -hmm. you've done a great job. We'll be talking with you, my friend. All right. Thank you, sir. Good night. Good night. You you know, I I just want to say that again, this was a very, very challenging interview. You've got no idea, folks, of the stuff that goes in to getting someone on. Making sure they're not being tracked by phone, by, you know, where they're at. Um, not making this up. And, and these, Andrew's operating behind enemy lines. Taught in an area where you get caught with the Bible, you get caught with you preaching the gospel. It could mean death to you. All right. And that's what he's doing. And on top of that, he's rescuing young girls from sex slavery. And you know, the only, the, in closing on this, it, it, I don't know if it makes me angry or frustrated, maybe both, but, but to, to come across these, these websites and these individuals who believe that this is an overhyped situation or this doesn't exist or to, well, they can't believe that. They have to have some uh, knowledge uh, of something. No, you know what? You, part of it yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but, Maybe it's just the lack of desire. I don't want to hear right. this. This is too uncomfortable for me to talk about. Um, I just, I, I just have a problem with that because, again, we know we're, we, we've got to go out there. And we've, we've got to be the, the doers. We've got to be the people that actually do this. So, thank you for for listening, everyone that has tuned in and has, has stayed tuning into this. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Um, this is something I feel that that we've. This is quite personal for us, and then having known Brad and, and his family, and just having uh, been introduced to Andrew, this is quite uh, this is quite personal. And, and the girls are real. These are just imagine if this is your daughter, your granddaughter. All right. right. So anyway, so uh, uplifting note though, right? They're saving young girls, and and you can't uh, beat that. After you know, basically being saved yeah. themselves from situations, and uh, yeah. you know, from uh, you know, going down the wrong paths in life, and it's uh, amazing. As I said, you know, everybody, it, it seems that you know, uh, works in in these areas has a story of their own where you know they, they could have died, they could have. Uh, found themselves in a situation unable to really help anybody, including themselves, for the rest of their life, uh, or if they had a life left, and now are just doing amazing things. And these girls are another example of that in what they're doing. So this is a uh, a very uplifting, sad yet uplifting topic, especially hearing it on the other side, the, the rehabilitation and all the uh, effort going into this. But it's an uphill battle, and it is a war. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier today. This is a war we are engaged in. It's a uh, Patrick Wood uh, was on in the first hour. Keith Hansen also. Patrick Wood talking about the threat of uh, you know this technocracy that's building the artificial intelligence. Uh, Keith Hansen is talking about the school shootings. But think about what we're talking tonight from the AI topics. And all week long we've been talking about what else? Israel and the recognition of Jerusalem 
<clears throat> as the capital. On top of that, the 70-year anniversary of, of the founding of Israel, we see all these pieces, these prophetic pieces moving about. And Patrick Wood talking about AI, possibly the system of beast technology that we read about in the Bible. All these different areas of prophecy we see coming together. And then to, to do a piece like what we just did, it's... um. It's very interesting times we live in. That's for sure. No shortage of news topics yeah. or information to you. Plane uh, crashes. Discuss. You have yeah. school shootings. You have the biggest yeah. political scandal in U.S. history. You have all kinds of stuff. Bus crashes and, yeah, and, and, and more that, volcanoes. You know, yeah, and, and that's why sometimes too, you get to the point where you don't know. It, it is like trying to drink from a fire hose or from a high pressure hose. You just get overwhelmed, and when you're on this side of the microphone, I got to tell you, you're you're. And can, thank you, John, and thank you, Eric. I mean, setting this up, and thank you, others who will go unnamed for for getting this set up, because this is this this is not fun and games. I mean, there are real people out there who want to kill the gentleman you you heard on the on the phone. Mm-hmm. And Brad Hop and, and others, they're real people that want to kill him, and and it's it's. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, you know what? I, can we? We didn't talk about what we were going to do this next segment here. Do you want to? What do you? What do well, you I, had, do? I had an idea. I mean, we do have. If you just look at uh, the Drudge Report right. today, I mean, yeah, p- 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 throw a dart. And I mean, throw, we throw had uh, a number of unfolding, breaking stories today. As I said, you have this plane crash in, in Cuba. I mean, that's an interesting piece of news. You have the volcano in, in Hawaii continuing. You have, as I said, in one of the most underreported stories and something that we see seems to be a pattern now with uh, all these other news stories coming out. Oh, and don't forget the royal wedding. Oh, uh, boy, yeah. Somebody's yeah, tying in. Somebody's tying I've seen a number of theories online of people tying in all these tragedies that happened today as some kind of occultic sacrifice the because of the, the royal wedding. The royal family. And people have been predicting this for a while. I've seen on... Uh, forums and, and social networking sites, you know, people posting old stuff saying back, you know, years ago when the next royal wedding happens, watch for these disasters and these types of events because this is what they do. And it's just funny to see that kind of stuff. But today was really a crazy day in the news. But one of the biggest stories isn't even in the news, not on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS. cliffhanger to, to keep you over for the break. Yes, stay tuned on the other side. Something you're not going to hear about, we're going to talk about. Something you're not hearing about, we're going to talk about right on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Hagman Report on this, the 18th day of May, 2018. It's hard to believe it's 2018. Where did 1978 go? Yeah. I think my 8-track player got stuck. You'll be right back. Stay right where you're at. This is the Hagman Report, final segment for this week. And I want to thank John Robertson, our producer, and Eric the Tech. Eric working uh, 24-7, more than uh, more than more hours than there is in a day. And, of course, John for setting everything up and working 24-7 as well, Joe and, and everyone here in the office. And uh, at the close of this week, just to kind of recap the week, we had uh, just a, a tremendous week of shows uh, segmented on Hagman Report. What I ask you to do. Would I ask everyone to do, please, uh, bookmark HagmanReport.com. Check that frequently. If you like our work, please support our work because we do support things like operations like, uh, the, which you heard the last segment, the last couple of segments. 
That's what we do. We, 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 we support operations that we know are valid, legitimate, and are working to saving people. So please bookmark HagmanReport.com, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel while you still can. Also our, our various Twitter and, uh, social networking feeds. Please do that. Also, our morning show, Doug Hagman Radio Show. Please follow that on Blog Talk Radio and the Hagman Daily Show, two to three. Mine's nine to ten in the morning. Joe and John's two to three. So we got five hours of programming just to recap. And the other thing, of course, right before the break, Joe was talking about the most underreported story, really, and I believe of our lifetime, underreported. And you want to hear something crazy. To kick it to Joe, and he can tell you how underreported this is, and that is the coup. And you're tired of hearing me say this. I'm sure you are. It's the coup that's ongoing to to take out Donald Trump. And it's you know you might think, well, that was just when he was uh, the candidate. No, no, that's just when he got elected. No, the inauguration. No, it it's ongoing today. But Joe, you you've got some figures there. I, I think, yeah, we right? do. We we got uh, some good reporting here by the Gateway Pundit and Jim Hoff. This was an article posted yesterday. CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC hide largest political scandal in U.S. history from front page. Obama spying on Trump campaign. But really, uh, you know, the Obama spying on Trump campaign is just part one one piece of this puzzle because how it was done, who was involved, what agencies were involved, and uh, what they did was completely criminal. It's a criminal conspiracy that they used the FBI and the DOJ to carry this investigation, this bogus investigation, which got Robert Mueller uh, brought on as special counsel against President Trump. Now, the Gateway Pundit has some headlines here. How did the corrupt liberal, liberal mainstream media report on this enormous scandal? They did not. ABC News, nothing. CNN, nothing. CBS, nothing. MSNBC had a small side article with the headline hiding the seriousness of the scandal. FBI kept 2016 investigation into Trump campaign secret was the headline. He concludes by saying, can you imagine if President Bush would have been spying on the Obama campaign? Do you think it would have made a few headlines in the liberal conspiracy media? The U.S. media is dead. So what are they reporting on? What did Trump say yesterday? He said the Department of Justice put a spy in my campaign to frame me. And I tell you, you know, Joe, I, I talked about this, just so you know, because I know either, we don't have a chance to listen to each other's programs every day, but I talked about this this morning. I had ta- I'd given the name of this one individual, Stefan Helper, uh, and Conservative Treehouse reported on this, Sundance Conservative Treehouse reported on this long, long before. Uh, others the right within the right wing talkers they don't want to go there they don't want to mention names I will mm-hmm. Stefan Helper okay as one but folks there's more than here here's the the ugly truth okay just so everyone understands this and I don't want to repeat my morning show but let me just explain this Did real you find quick. the uh, truth on CNN. Uh, you know what? I was looking, uh, Acosta, he was busy interviewing, uh, looking at her Stormy Daniels skirt. Um, actually it was, I think he was looking at her Chris Matthews, uh, uh, killed, but, but, but that aside, look, look, here's, here's what happened. Uh, you, just to be clear, you, you have a, a group within Department of Justice and FBI. You've got a number of people. There's a small number of people, but nonetheless an effective number of people. You, you have, in the FBI, in the Department of Justice, you have James, mm-hmm. James Comey, Andrew McCabe, James Baker, the CIA, Rickey, John right? Brennan, John Brennan. I, I and I did a piece on John Brennan 
but but hey, hang on a minute. Uh, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Mike Rattan, and Bruce Orr. Don't forget Nellie Orr. Infusion mm-hmm. GPS, uh, John Brennan, as you said. So you have the CIA and FBI getting together, uh, grabbing the, uh, uh, going over overseas using British, Russian, and uh, Australian intelligence services. Brennan contacting other intelligence services to spy on American citizens, circumventing the the uh, mandate, CIA mandate, unmaskings, right? But 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 so so they bring this they they bring this in, then they put. In addition to the to the surveillance, the wiretapping, they put in uh, human assets into the the Donald Trump campaign while he's still a private citizen, looking for a crime. But but it's worse than that. What they did was they tried to set him up. It would be akin, and I use this on my morning show. It'd be like somebody coming in here and, and um, into the studio, and there's a group of us here, obviously working, and becoming part of the organization whether invited or, or just offering their services, whatever. And we go out to lunch one day, and they say, hey, you know what? Let's say this person says, you know, I, I, I've got this idea. Uh, we can actually get away with a perfect crime. We can rob a bank, and, and I know how to just how to do this. What do you guys think? And we might say, well, yeah, just go away. Leave us alone. You're, you're, you're nuts. You're crazy. So as the ostensible reason or the purpose uh, to open up the spying against Donald Trump, you've got this person who, consider the example I just used, going to the, going to Comey or going to, in this case, uh, 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 McCabe or Rosenstein or whoever and saying, yeah, you know what? Uh, these guys at lunch were talking one day about robbing a bank and using that false pretense as the reason to open up a counterintelligence investigation. Lastly, I just want to make this clear too. There's a difference between on the there's the Department of Justice is segmented, um, and this is an oversimplified version. But they've got on one side the uh, the criminal division, on the other side the counterintelligence division. You've got to have for the criminal division, you've got to have a criminal predicate or a reason to open up a case. They didn't have that, so they went over to the counterintelligence side where they had a suspicion. The higher standard of proof, the lower standard of, of evidence to open up the, the case, and they opened it up under the counterintelligence division of the FBI. And this was walled off by way of Sally Yates, walled off against oversight by the Inspector General. So this is how this all kind of culminated back right after Donald Trump became the presumptive or the actual nominee for the Republican candidate. So what we have in summary is Obamagate in spades uh, through Comey, through Brennan especially, and all of the other operatives spread out, but at the very head of this octopus is Obama and Loretta Lynch and Comey operating in, in tandem with one another using these foot soldiers to infiltrate and to create the perception of collusion or perception of criminal activity in the Russian or in the uh, Donald Trump campaign under the pretext of looking for Russian interference. Is there Russian interference? Absolutely. (laughs) Every flipping year there's Russian interference. But was Donald Trump or any member of his campaign a party to it that rose to the level of a criminal predicate to in launch an investigation? Absolutely not. So that's what we have in summary. I don't know if yeah, that was very good. As, uh, that's kind of just a short summary, but there it is. And no one is talking about this, or those who are talking. And, and well, this here. is the other thing too. The, the, those who are talking about it, as Greg Jackson says, it's an inch deep and a mile wide. Because guess what? This goes back to Brennan. Goes back to 1981. Goes back to Obama. Because all of the people who are laughing at us and saying, "Well," 
What, what do you mean Obama? He's not eligible to become president. It's about allegiance. It's about a foreign operative in our government, and his name is Barry Satoro. We don't know a doggone thing about him. And don't forget, back in 2008, I mentioned this in my morning show, 2008, remember the passport scandal? Remember when the passport office was broken into, the computer files? Three times in 2008, tracked the two companies, Stanley Incorporated and the Analysis Corporation. Guess who was head of one of those two companies? It was John Brennan. Guess what happened? The uh, passport records of Obama were accessed and perhaps changed or cauterized. And guess what else happened? Lieutenant Quarles Harris, name, not a rank, the name, was uh, a benefactor of some of the information and was going to cooperate with authorities. Well, guess what? He didn't get the chance to. You know why? Because he was shot execution style in Washington, D.C. in 2008. Meanwhile, you've got Obama, whose bona fides we don't know. We're talking about this, but we can't get anyone like Rush Limbaugh. We can't get anyone uh, on Fox News to talk about this because it's, it's the fringes of conspiracy theory. And the regular talking heads, they won't talk about it because they won't get invited back to, to Fox News. Okay. So so we're talking to ourselves about it, and everyone's calling us conspiracy kooks. What, in fact, we're seeing now today, why it makes a difference. That's, there it is, right there. I think we can uh, end the show early. That's just the yeah, best. There you go. Set I'm it going all. home. I'm going home. <laughs> That's that it all. What, what else can we say? I mean, seriously, it's it's crazy to think about the, how far this goes, how how many people are involved the lengths that they will go to to not only continue this operation but to cover up the tracks and eliminate the people who might be able to expose them. And what does it tell you? One of the most important things you just pointed out, Rush Limbaugh won't talk about it. You won't hear about it on Fox News from their TV shows or their radio hosts. I still hear people, Fox News hosts, apologizing for people who believe in the you know, that Obama was not a, a citizen for the birther issue. And it's not even about being a citizen. It's not, it, it, it's about no, right. fraud. It's right. about allegiance. It's about sedition and espionage. I mean, it, a bogus it, social yeah. security number to a link to a state he never lived in, two separate names <laughs> that he goes by, all millions of dollars to keep all the records sealed. But you're crazy for asking a question about it. And back then, we had the name Perkins Coie, the, the law firm. They were involved in, in mm-hmm. bringing the the, the, uh, the nine points of forgery birth certificate. We've had Zulo on, on the program talking about it, as well as Carl Gallops, Michael Zulo. They conducted the investigation. It's a fraudulent document, a fraud perpetuated on the American people. This but is again, what we know. And that's what we don't know. Well, well, and I'm in, 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 a, in, in a safe location, in multiple safe locations, I've got a copy from a from a... Very well-known talk show host who gave me a statement back uh, in 2008 saying that they would not allow me, the network would not allow me to talk about uh, the birther issue, and it goes on from there. But I've got a copy of that, but that was taken in my capacity as an investigator, licensed investigator, and because of the, by virtue of my licensing, I cannot, uh, I could lose everything in addition, I mean, uh, I cannot make that public, but I've got the evidence that the uh, the right wing, or shall I say, the conservative, if you will, in quotation marks, media was silenced by the by the heads of these companies, disallowed to talk about this uh, this issue, and it's it, it's it's sad, but that's true. And even today, you'll hear the people they'll just go so far, but no farther. Uh, and that goes from from all of the right talkers. But it's about time that we throw the rules by the wayside. We say, you know, pound sand, 
uh, where you're going to talk, what we want to talk about. We're going to expose this, and we have to grow grow a pair. Or the, the guys have to grow a pair. Yep. And we have to get out there, and we have to, to talk about this. And, and this goes, lastly, this goes back into the censorship issue. Why why the censorship issue today? Why are we fighting so hard for that? Because why are why are they pushing against our censor, or why are they trying to censor us? It's not because they just don't don't like us or they disagree with us ide- ideologically. It's because all of this they don't want all of this information to come out through the through the alternative media. That's why. So yeah. this all ties together. Follow the bouncing ball, connect the dots, and my hat uh, my hat is off to all of the um, all of the people in the alternative media who who've got the guts to, to 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 approach this and to take on the the criticisms and the mockings and the and the uh, well, the easy part. you know what? Yeah, but 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 how about this? You talk about this, you're not going to get invited on this platform or that platform. How about Fox News saying? And I've got this in writing. How about Fox News saying? If you talk about the birther issue, you cannot, you cannot come on our show. You'll never be invited on our show. Um, other, other programs as well. See, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and that's why we have such an explosion in the alternative media. I wouldn't want to go on a Fox show. I mean, there's only a few very, but, but some very people, small you understand, people some people make to. their money that way. Oh, I, I know they do. And, you know, and there is an occasion, there is some good information that comes out. But when you have networks not willing, I mean, the truth, regardless, is popular right now. People want the truth. There's a huge movement of people who spend, especially since the, uh, you know, technology of the internet and computers and the mobility of these things, people have been, uh, you know, searching for the truth. And, and could you imagine if CNN had a change of agenda or an ideology where they said, you know what? We're going to become the new alternative media main, Alternative slash mainstream media, and we're gonna do things by telling the truth. Could you imagine? They would be the number one news station overnight. But they're not there to do that. They're there to do the opposite, to plant disinformation, to tell you what they want you to focus on. Not, they're there to, to legitimize and delegitimize news stories and personalities based on mainstream societal norms and traditions, if you will. If you well, go outside it's those more parameters, than that. But, oh, it is, it is. But it, this is how more, they construct yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the, the, that, that, that's perhaps for polite company, but yeah. it's more perverse than that. Oh, it is, and and uh, it's more diabolical than that. And they're, and especially now, we see the media has completely fl- flipped around. It used to keep powers in check. It used to be there, uh, you know, to expose these things and tell the truth. Now it's there to hide lies and cover up uh, conspiracies and further this globalist agenda and with what patrick wood talked about in the second segment couple that with a system of total information control and you have a a perfect recipe for you know the end of the world type scenario that the bible describes and really it is uh coming at us at a incredible speed i mean just look at how fast we see these systems being developed look at how fast the media in this country has completely went on the dark side, no longer even trying to cover up their bias and, and their propaganda and their lies. Now, being proud of them and acting like everybody else has the problem. That's why I think we are in much more dangerous, tor- sto- uh, much more dangerous place now than we were even ten years ago. I, I, you know, I don't know. 
I want to know how many people out there think that we're in a position right now to see either a revolt, a revolution, or a civil war break out. And, and maybe, maybe a hybrid of both. The reason I'm asking this question is because the, you heard it in Keith Hansen's voice tonight. You heard it in our voices tonight. You, you've heard, you're, you're hearing this, this growing sense of, I don't, I'm not going to take this anymore. And yep. it's, it's, it's really affecting, um, well, this is what they want, though. Well, right. And this is the legacy. If Obama has a legacy, if, if, if you were to, well, uh, let me ask. If you were to give one word for Obama's legacy, and, and, and not a positive one, one word for his legacy, what would it be? I, mean, I want to think about word. that. Well, I'll, I'll, you want me to tell you yeah, my yeah. word? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Division. Yeah. Division. The legacy of division, and, and, and I think he accomplished with that because after eight years of Obama, the, the introduction, and by the way, Diana West is going to be on the, the, such a tremendous author of American Betrayal, a researcher, uh, one of my favorite writers, Diana West. She's going to be on on Monday on this program, but, but we, the Marxist infiltration to further divide this country culturally and ideologically the uh the alien invasion if you will to further balkanize america you've got the income gap you've got the takeover of uh fifth or a third of our or fifth whatever fifth of our economy the income gap you, you mentioned income gap, yeah. there was a great article on the judge report that was up there earlier about the what was it the gilead gap i think or the gilead age something that mark twain wrote about i, I read it yesterday but the the point of the article was there was, you know, $500 million mansions in Los Angeles, and then you have around the perimeter of these properties homeless camps, and how a homeless camp fire burned down all these mansions. But they referred to it as the Gilead, what did I say, the Gilead age, where you've never, where, where you had the most disproportionate, where the, the rich have never been richer and the poor have never been poorer. And that they're, they're making the argument that that's where we're going back to with the trends that we're seeing with the economy. So of you're course. exactly right. That, you know. If you go back to, to FDR, and by the way, I, I, I'm of the opinion that FDR was one of the worst presidents, and I believe that during that, during his, uh, marathon presidency, what we saw was, was the infusion of this, uh, of really the Marxist ideology back then, mm-hmm. the pro-Stalin. But in addition to that, this is really where the, well, go back to Wilson, I suppose, but, but with FDR especially, um, but Obama was FDR, FDR on steroids. And I think that that's, so, and as I've often said, whereas Van Jones called the results of the election a white lash, no, this is a whiplash. It's going from lawlessness and division to cohesive nationalism to, uh, and, uh, um, lawfulness. But the problem with most people right now, I believe, is that there's this level of impatience. And I sent out a twi- uh, tweet on my, my personal account today. People want justice. And I do too. I want it more than, than anything. I want to see justice prevail. I want to see, I want to see the big names in, in doing perp walks. And I know, I know you do too. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Now, the only thing I can say to that is we, we, yes, we need it done now. But, Think of it, think, you know, one of the things that I mentioned, I think I might have mentioned it on this program, I, I know I did it on my morning show. You know, the, the tactic of O.J. Simpson, the defense dream team was to, was to go to trial right away. And that destabilized the prosecution, at least in part, and it's more than that, but 
you, you had that destabilization process by going to trial too quickly. And that's what's happening today. You know, people, people are impatient. They want to see justice. I believe that, that we're ready for it, but we have to do it methodically. Otherwise, we're not going to get the big fish. And some might say, well, we're not going to get the big fish anyway. You might be right, but let's at least do it correctly. So the OIG report coming out, our draft is already out there. It doesn't look good for the Democrats. And by the way, I'm going to toss yeah, this out. Yeah, you hear there. anything? Uh, yeah, what's coming out? The is draft it? is already out, um, and, and the reason for the delay is that they're adding more and more to this. And I think that the Horowitz is, you know, you listen to, to Joe DiGenova, for example. Uh, you listen to, um, uh, so, uh, I listen to Larry Clayman. Larry Clayman did not put a lot of hope into, to Horowitz's, uh, product. Larry Clayman. Is he that from, from XFBI? No, Larry Clayman. Okay. Well, DeGenova is former DOJ. Right. And Larry Clayman is the founder of Judicial Watch and now founder of, uh, uh, Freedom Project USA. I, I, forgive me for not recalling that, but the bottom line is this. When the, uh, when the, uh, uh, OIG report comes out, if there is no justice meted out to the individuals, then I think that the right, the conservative, the flyover, the people with the guns and the guts and the, and then the, the work, the people that work for a living are gonna, are really gonna, gonna say, okay, this is it, I'm done. The country's cooked. We're, we're gonna, we're, you know, we're, we're gonna do battle. And I think that's where we're headed right now, especially if the, Inspector General report and the subsequent actions to that fails to, to bring justice to the people, to the criminals. Because really right now we're watching the biggest story of our lifetime unfold and that's the coup against Donald Trump. That's the coup against the American people. That's, that's overturning. And, and I know I'm, I'm talking a lot here, but understand this. This is so important. This is the Marxist last push for all of the marbles. This is to overturn the United States of America. This is, right now, this is our final push. They got 2020 in their sights. They got the midterms in their sights. They know that they're yeah. going to never lever, never ever let another Donald Trump into office ever again. And they're working to get this one out. Well, they're going to try, but see, this is the thing. They've alienated themselves so much from the average American voter that they have no real hope. I, I don't see how. With the message, just the anti-Donald Trump message alone, is only going to gain them so much support, and it's not going to be the majority support. Maybe in certain cities and certain states, yes, like California, or you know the the Maxine Waters or Nancy Pelosi districts, but in the uh, you know flyover country and the rest of normal America, this uh, craziness is not going to uh, win them any points. So what we're going to see is you're going to see many of these politicians on the left do what they, we saw, I think it was Connor Lamb do, and come more, uh, you know, left center, more center than left, just for the sake of getting elected. Otherwise, they're going to be running one of these crazy, uh, you know, extreme anti-Donald Trump platforms. But one thing that I'll say about President Trump, whether he has done this on purpose or not, he has the ability to... Dri- the people that that hate him and there might be some people out there that hate him for his personality or uh whatnot but i think the majority of people hate him for what he represents and who he represents as we see that same hate projected on all gun owners on all christians we see it on all conservatives that basically uh they had a almost a successful campaign to make the country uh look at christian conservative uh, and both individually as almost hate speech and hate beliefs but with the, the presidency of Donald Trump, 
so many people are exposing themselves for the uh, uh, intolerant, anti-Christian, anti-American people that they are. And I don't even think they realize that they're doing it just by how they come against President Trump because, again, it's what he represents and who he represents, not even him so much. So one thing, as you said, division for Obama, uh, that, you know, transformation, as he said, he wanted to transform, uh, you know, the foundation of America and he wanted to transform our society. And they were successful at doing that because it brought about the division that we see under President Trump. But at the same time, that division helps us identify who these people are. And I said this on the Daily Show, uh, I don't know, maybe last week. We need to take note of who all these people are. We need to know who is against this country, who's against the Constitution, who's against it's, it's the, the authority, authority of the democratic socialist level. Well, we just need to make note of it, and when the time comes, we can uh, deal with that. When we have the opportunity, you know, we can uh, remove them from power. We can uh, do the take the steps necessary to, uh, you know, make sure the people who are serving for the best interests of this country are actually upholding their oaths and doing what's best for the country, not for themselves. And it doesn't matter if they're Democrats or Republicans. Anybody who is working against the best interests of the Constitution needs to be removed from office. And it's that simple. And we need to figure out how we can go about doing that. But again, the 2018 midterm elections is going to be our next chance to at least impact this from a voting well perspective. and and you know we have to protect our we have to protect the, our turf and what we've gained and uh that's going that's going to tell the tale by the way before we end the program i just want to again you know what folks uh visit teshua or teshua tea company or teshua com. that's teshua com. a link will be in the program description tell others about that company and uh, yeah, i look at this I look at this bracelet knowing that a the victim of, of this horrific uh, sex ring, the sex trafficking ring, was made this. And, um, well, not a victim anymore. Not a victim anymore, thanks to, thanks to uh, Brad Hopp and, and Andrew from the undisclosed communist country. So, And uh, yeah. this tea, I'm going to have to... Probably fist right Renee after the show to get some of this uh, into my house. So, well, I'll tell you what, folks. If if, if there's one, if there's one company or one one, uh, if there's one initiative, if there's only one that you that you can help support, that's the place to do it. So, yeah, and, and like we said, uh, whether it's through donation or just purchasing a bag of tea, uh, tell anything others. helps. Tell and others. that's exactly right. You got to tell others. You know, one of the most effective means of advertising. It is the most effective means of advertising. Is word of mouth advertising because that's the advertising that companies can't pay for unless they have you know thousands and thousands of people on the payroll just running around telling strangers about their company. But how many people are going to listen to you know just random strangers? You need this kind of of advertising. What they're trying to do is not just you know uh, generate one-time sales. They're trying to build uh, this brand and develop also lifelong customers to be able to keep these operations running where they are uh, having such a, a drastic impact, positive impact, on these young girls' lives. So if you want to be able to make your money uh, also help other people, you do it through supporting people like Teshua uh, with the website teshuat.com. That's right. And Facebook, just spread it everywhere. And tell yeah. others about this program, please. 
Hey, it's Friday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Take the dog for a walk. That's what I'm going to do because sometimes it's just too much, right? So uh, give your wife or husband a hug and tell them you love them. Tell them how much you care about them and uh, take care of the dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, take take your dog for a walk. Uh, get cleared up. And we'll see you back here on Monday. Watch HagmanReport.com this weekend for any breaking news and uh, any, anything that perhaps uh, a program or two during the weekend on my part, perhaps.